Podcasts are great ways to distract yourself from the fact that we're all going to die. That you're dying. Every breath you take is one more closer to death. A cup of black coffee at 4.45 in the morning is just like getting punched in the face. Yeah. Who wants that? It's fantastic. But the one that takes the cake is fucking 30. 30 oh, is the man. worst. That is the most boring goddamn highway on the planet. Hey, buddy. Hey. How's it going? Sorry. That's okay. Um, we had Twinkie for a second, and I he, I could hear him, but I couldn't see him. Like I like so he's restarting his thing. Oh, okay. Um, cool. I don't have him in my chat bar. I was thinking about how we could get him on this same call. <coughs> um, let me see if there's a. There should Ooh, still be an invite, right? Oh, there he is. Yes. Oh, there he is. Hey. Recording. Finally. Sorry. Now, now I'm up recording. Da, 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 da. Numbers turning on my end as well. I'm going here. I've been going. Oh, you've been going. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jeez. That's okay. Carmen Etley. I'm out of it. I am like so full of cold medicine right now. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> this is going to be awesome. This is going to be a great show. I'm I'm excited for it. Uh, we could start with, um, I was, this, this might be a, a terrible idea, but we could start with a bit just to get us off and rolling. Do you, you guys know that, uh, scene in Return of the <coughs> Jedi where the, our heroes converge for the first time, it's like in front of Jabba for some reason, oh, I was yeah, thinking yeah, of yeah. like thinking of that at the beginning of this episode where it's like, you know, um, oh, how does it's like Luke says, uh, it's, it's, uh, I can't remember the first two lines, but Han says to Luke, like, how are we doing? He goes, same as always. And he goes, bad, huh? yeah. And he's like, where's Leia? And then she goes, I'm here. <laughs> so <laughs> my thought was we do that with our own names with the, uh, where's Leia being where's Twinkie and he can go, I'm here. Yeah. Can, like, that's right. <laughs> we're about to jump. This is so stupid. And we're about, and, uh, I, today like, we're going to fight we over who's not Leia. do the bit and just keep this discussion <laughs> of the bit because this is going to be way, way more entertaining, I think, than the bit would actually come out, though. Uh, to just true. be like, you hear these fuckers like just planning out this, this one little thing. <laughs> Well, today we're going to have to fight over who would be Leia because uh, we're going to be talking about women in film, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm Dave, talking to you from... Uh, well, actually, I'm in Minneapolis today. Um, wow. Minneapolis, Ooh. Minnesota. I'm Palmer, as always, from good old Dayton, Ohio. And joining us from Colorado back again, you spoke, we listened. We're having him back, our good friend Twinkie. Hey, man. Do you like canned applause like recording? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. I just want to yeah. have a button we hit where it's like, don't fucking call me Twinkie. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm trying oh, man. to keep that. I, I'm so glad to be back. I thoroughly enjoyed our last conversation, and um, maybe we don't have to marathon it this time, uh, but uh, it, it was fantastic. It was it was fantastic, and it was great. It's just another great piece of history. I always love to, like, that's one of the great things about reconnecting with cabin people, uh, which, by the way, this is a long, long, short drink. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Um, but I love, like, in this process that Dave and I have found. Oh, even, hey, hey, Palmer, hang on. Sorry, I'm getting, I think yeah. you just sent me a text message. You fucking call me Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> I said don't I, fucking call oh, me Oh, hang on. Let me get this phone call real quick. My phone's ringing. Don't fucking call me Twinkie. <laughs> I told you not to fucking call me Twinkie. <laughs> you fucking call me Twinkie again. We're done. <laughs> Oh, I'm really, I'll turn my, put my phone on silent, uh, for the rest of the show. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, no, I like, well, that text was good. I wanted to make sure you got it. That yeah. Awesome. <laughs> that oh, ring, that's the hilarious. The ringtone is available at lwsdpod.com. <laughs> yep, yeah. It sure is. It sure is. It, oh, someday, that's so perhaps. awesome. <laughs> uh, but, uh, oh man, how do you fo- even follow that? Like, and thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanky, thanks for joining us again. Download that ringtone. That's so awesome. Oh, I uh, love that one where it says we're done. <laughs> if you go, we're done. We're done. Uh, uh, I'm sick now, so I could really get the gravelly voice going for sure. Yeah. Um. But uh, no, I just like when we like have you guys on. It's like getting to see another angle of the story that you lived. You know. I love hearing Dave like I never knew that, and it's like, oh, that's awesome. So yeah, this week uh, the the show that went up as we're talking today at, at midnight last night is uh ends up having the origin of how um, Palmer came to get his Coca Cola Classic tattoo, and it was rooted, I guess, in the first time he brought a Coke out to the cabin. So there, that was a kind of a a new perspective, uh, or for me, a, a new information about an, an old um. I don't know, tradition or uh, uh, what would you call that? I can't, an old uh, habit of all of ours. I, 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 the post I don't know. Today it was and- just like a, an inside staple. It was like a staple of that group. I mean, I think it's just as, it, it was just as permeable. It had permeated just as much as like Whammo did. You know, like Coca-Cola <laughs> was like another Whammo. Yeah. It was just this inside joke that, we found hysterical for some reason. Boy, yeah, whammo. <laughs> How do you explain Whoa. that? Maybe that's a oh, that's a tease for a future episode. So far, that is a tease for a future episode. So we need far, to, um, uh, we'll wait for a Steve member. Yes, a Steve reunion. Yes, yes. I don't know if Let's any other Steve cabin kids are there. are listening, um, but I'm sure glad that Twinkie is, and it's so great to be able to have an excuse to not only talk but to record it, <laughs> so that I can listen over and over, and. Uh, relive our both our our past and present uh oh no we lost him oh, we lost as well I was, going, I was going nowhere with that yeah he's just like <laughs> like we're gonna listen i'm going to listen to it over and over again <laughs> he's like fuck this. he's just like fuck this <laughs> they fucking called me twinkie <laughs> he's like, i told you <laughs> <laughs>
we'd be done. <laughs> Let's see if he just magically appears like he did last time. He did, he did yeah. Was, oh, there yep, he is. There he comes. Oh. There he is. He's back. My <laughs> God. Babe, we found you. Ah, uh, the tech issues. Man, I apologize. I usually <laughs> no way. down here doing all this stuff, and I didn't have a chance, so. It actually was perfect because we we both agreed that there, we weren't going anywhere with that last bit. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, we I just gave, had enough. It gave, I was out. It gave us a nice segue. We were like, well, that wasn't going anywhere. Oh, look at that. Twinkie's gone. So. <laughs> uh, well, I know. I, I, so I just got done listening approximately two minutes ago to the episode that you just talked about us recording at the time at which I would be listening to the latest episode, the Coke episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I kind of oh, feel like really? there's some inception going on here. Um, That's meta. That I'm not quite sure of. That is meta as hell. Right and there. I didn't realize iTunes was broken or that you guys got in trouble with iTunes. So it didn't It didn't affect me at all. Oh, yeah. really? That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. very good. Yeah, because yeah. we... Uh, I didn't realize it either because I, I subscribe on iTunes and my feed kept updating. So when I got the was, error, I didn't do anything about it because I thought it was... I thought the error was an error. Until right. I looked into it to see about the the rating and reviewing, uh, which please rate and review us on the iTunes. That helps us get a on those fascists <clears throat> over at iTunes. Yeah, us, I know. Yeah, our stream of fascists <laughs> at Apple. I thought the man I are thought, they fascists? Yeah, I thought the like <laughs> podcast was the Wild West and that there are no rules, but it turns out like you can't. Have oh the no, word there's shit. rules. There's <laughs> Apple's fascist rules. Yeah. <laughs> what did you get in trouble regime? for? The word, the, having the word shit or bullshit and shit. Oh. So after, actually after your last In appearance, a description, it wasn't even like it was in the text of a description for an oh, episode, right? Yeah, like in the, the title or something or. Yeah. Because yeah, um, when we talked the, the last time, the three of us, it came up like this idea of three weirdos from Ritman or two weirdos from Ritman. Maybe that was the last time. But in any event, when that was said, I was like, that's great. I'm putting that in the in the description, like talk bullshit and two, two weirdos from Ripman talk bullshit. And th when I changed that in the description of the show, they kicked us off. And then when I, then I had to like plead with them to get us back on and they're like, all right, but you still have a lick, shit. The bride lick says our boots, <laughs> their little podcast, just lick them. <clears throat> but now our I think all boots. is well. <laughs> Fascists. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get kicked off again uh. now. <laughs> we are going to get kicked off again. You know, I'm going to start a fucking feud with Apple right now. You could only possibly win, would be my guess. They probably have, yeah. what, one or two lawyers hanging around? Yeah. Oh, my. Don't they have, like, they have more cat, like, liquid cash. Oh, like, yeah. Like, pallets full, like, Walter White money. That's what they have. Huh. Good luck. We'll be we'll be right behind you. Right. You you go first. Right. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to? Um Twinkie, when you were on last we got to know like how we knew you, but what are you up to these days? I mean, you don't have to, you know, obviously talk about your job or whatever, but tell us about whatever is going on with you in the present, not not the uh, past. Yeah, well, um so my job is a big part of, you know, I, I can't really talk a whole bunch of specifics just because of getting in trouble, obviously. But uh, with uh, air traffic control, my schedule's all kinds of wonky, and that just affects what I do the rest of my week, which is why, you know, recording on a Tuesday night here is what works best for me. Obviously, you guys have to get up nice and early in the morning and head to work, so I appreciate you taking the time to 
do it tonight. But for me, I go back to work tomorrow afternoon until uh, Sunday. But uh, two kids keep me busy. Got a, a three-year-old and a four-month-old. Uh, we talked about earlier, both sick right now, as well as my wife. So once I get off here, we're recording with you wonderful folks. I probably owe her a couple hours of quiet time for wrangling <laughs> a couple <laughs> sick kids. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, that, that right there is 90% of it. Um, uh, try to sit down and play some video games every once in a while. That's still something I enjoy doing. Uh, reading a book, I've got a couple stacked up. Um, but, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, I, honestly, is being able, I ride a train to work from where I live, oh, about nice. a 20-minute train ride. And so being able to listen oh, to podcasts, of which awesome. I do quite a bit of, um, and uh, gives me a, a chance to decompress back and forth to work. You could eat with two hands on that commute. That's yeah, that's awesome. sure. It's absolutely right. <laughs> Just don't let the lump uh, catch you eating on the no eating and drinking train. Which, I Are mean, you serious? You well, can't let, even drink on that train. Well, and like nothing. It's not like it's nice. I mean, it is nice, but it's vinyl and plastic. You know, they, they right, hose it right. down. I'm sure when they're cleaning it out. Um, but uh, yeah, so that takes up most of it. I um, I don't really have much room to add a bunch of stuff in, <laughs> um, and so uh, you know, as as um, the kids get a little older, hopefully, it opens up a little more time for some other things but this is a great this is fantastic i uh really appreciate the opportunity to get to hang out and chat oh, talk man. about things that of mutual interest with friends like, like we said seriously anytime it's always yeah. a, always a pleasure we have to so. put a more as, as sweet of it is as sweet as it is of you to say we have to put a moratorium on you thanking us for being, to be on the show yeah, <laughs> <seriously>. <laughs> yeah uh well i did so i took a little break from social media uh, as of November of last year, I'm sure there's some correlating events that you can come up with, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but I, I ended up going back on social media. Oh, I've created a new account and I'm going to, I'm going to follow LWSD pod right now. Ooh. Um, and become, 17th follower, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you, if you are interested in, um, I, I haven't really decided what if anything i want to do other than i want to be a fan of lwsd pod oh. um but um I was it stole... because trolls came out was that why you got off yeah, social media that's in right. november <laughs> it was because of trolls <laughs> the trolls did definitely come out yeah, but uh yeah. so i stole the picture off of uh uh the lwsd pod feed of myself but you can find me at 330 cabin kid yes nice um, oh wow and twinkie so uh I, <laughs> I don't have anything up yet, but you know, it should I be fun. I can't do it on command. I, yeah, <laughs> it's gotta be natural. I yeah. think the way I'm going to approach this is simply having an account as the me of the past rather than me oh. of now will help me, um, deal with some of the stresses that I definitely, uh, found on social media, um, which I found to be distracting and annoying and unhelpful. Um, and so I'm hoping just to have some fun and uh, enjoy uh, the time interacting with uh, whoever wants, whoever wants to interact with us. Yeah, that's, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's a great experiment. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I got off social media too, and so did, well, not entirely, but Palmer, you're yeah, we've all gone through some of that. <laughs> that's oh, nice. Ash and I have been on Facebook for like going on two years now. We, yeah, I think she. 
So she has an Instagram feed that she only uploads to. She never like looks at comments or like right. anything like that. Um, uh, and I have a, I have a personal Twitter that I might tweet once every three months something. But again, it's the same deal. I don't look at any responses or anything. Uh, since I've set up the LWSD pod uh, at LWSD pod on Twitter for anyone listening, feel free to reach out to us and follow. Uh, since I put that on my phone, I found it's amazing how those tendencies come back. Cause it's like, I see a notification now, like the, it's more active than my personal one is like the LWSD pod one. And so I see notifications from that and I'm like, Oh, I got to see what, what's going on now. And it's like, yeah. who, who cares? Like, it's just amazing how fast you go back into that. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it, I could not imagine being on, I'm so glad I was not on social media during this last election season. So I can understand why you got off it. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I'm not required to for my job. I don't have any sort of specific requirements. Why am I putting myself through this? This is miserable. Right. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who unfortunately can't just unplug and walk away. Um, so kudos to them for hanging in there and um, fighting a good fight. Yeah, it's weird. I, I, uh, I only ever got on social media going back to the MySpace days. I can actually remember um, Sarah Starr wow. telling me I should get on MySpace for my music. And she, she's like, I know you're going to hate this. It's like, I do hate this. And I love that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I did ultimately. And uh, that kind of thing yeah. was very helpful. Actually, face, you know, this is a 2006 sort of era. So, um, and then Facebook was super helpful at the time. It was only college people, people with a college address could be on you know, could be on that platform. Right. So as a guy like playing solo ac acoustic, mostly, um, kind of mostly local shows in, in, in and around like Northeast Ohio, where I was at the time a college student, it was insanely helpful to know who my audience was. Cause you know, uh, uh, some people are b better or worse at, or make a more of an effort to remember people's names and stuff and faces and, that was right. so helpful. So like people would come back and by like the second time I'd be like, Oh, you're so-and-so. And, -so. and uh, it was really nice. And I enjoyed that kind of thing for years, but there's a, there, I found that there was a culture that kind of came about where it's like, I don't know, we're in this age where like you can make an album that you spend years on and it's about as valuable on social media as a tweet of what, you know, I don't know some kind of selfie of after a workout, you know, the equivalent right. of like everybody is, is a, and this idea of content, I fucking hate that term. Be, like art or creative expression is not content, right? <laughs> so, but I understand like it's, you know, whatever the nomenclature and stuff, but that's eventually what drove me off was, uh, and I'd get back on a little bit and I get off again. Cause I found that like, I didn't want to, there was like this kind of social contract of the social media where you like and and comment on other people's posts and in return, they will do so for you. And right. I got to be just thinking where my time was just like misspent. I'm like, I'm wasting my life trying to, <laughs> trying to cultivate these relationships that really only happen, you know, 
on, on screens. Like it wasn't even like a comp. It wasn't the 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 amount of um, reciprocity or, or or you know. I always heard that you know for people using it for something like an entertainment career of some type, it should your online activities should be a kind of a a complement to your offline activities. So you be, should be doing things in the real world that your online activities can hopefully kind of bolster or provide some social proof of doing things. But man, I just found it was like poisonous to where I became resentful of the whole thing. And so now I do have some platforms, but the big one for me to get off of was Facebook. That was the most kind of poisonous and not only poisonous just to see things, but like I all, there were some real friends, but it was also a lot of people that I met who liked what I played, you know, music wise. So maybe we wouldn't be friends in real life. And so, yeah, I still have bad feelings about it, <laughs> to be honest. Like, it's, yeah. I don't think it's a good thing for our culture. <laughs> I have found in the in the years now being off of Facebook, you know, I there were intentional choices that I made. Like, I, you know, a big thing for Facebook for me was always, like, birthdays. Like, you would log on and it would just, like, list off, here's the eight people that you're friends with that have birthdays today. Yeah. And then you would put the superficial like happy birthday on their wall. And then like on your birthday, then it would be like, you know, 84 of my friends wish me happy birthday. That's awesome. You know? And so when I gave up Facebook, I was like, no, you know, fuck that. If it's, if it's their birthday and I care enough to wish them a happy birthday, I can do that with my actual voice. Like I'm going to make sure I have their telephone number. Like, first off, I'm not going to wish them happy birthday if I don't have their telephone number. Or like, well, why would it, like, they're obviously not, the, my birthday wish is not going to, like, make their birthday, make or break it. Right, like, yeah. And then, so that was, like, the first one. And so then it, that became really intentional. Um, but it it's awesome in the sense that I have since then started to use the internet for all the good that it's capable of, like it really, it, it, it does shrink the world if you do it properly where like, I mean, this is a great example where I am talking to two lifelong friends that are thousands of miles apart from each other. Like we're all in the same room and then, you know, we're going to take that technology and pass that off to a fourth person (laughs) who's going to take it and take those three files like and i mean i've been working on computers since i was 13 years old and this amount of like level of what you can do still blows me away it still like astounds me that we'll be able to pass three separate files off to a fourth person and he'll take those and put them all together hey moto thanks buddy we love you put all those together and make it sound like we are in the same room. Like I love listening to our episodes and how it sounds like we're just sitting next to each other, having a conversation. Like when I have my headphones on and I close my eyes and I'm at work doing my, my shitty monotonous job. And like, and I just close my eyes. I'm like, I I can like pretend like we're just all sitting in the room together and like having a great conversation. And I think that all of those platforms that we've talked about, can all help that process along. Like, you know, we, we are, we're still on some level of social, like we're, we use Google Hangouts to like be able to see each other. Um, and 
you know, one could even argue like Audacity, like that has a social community that helps support that platform because that's a free program, you know, that's supported by a community. So they're all still there, but it's it's just it's nice that now I've I really found myself being intentional on how am I using these tools not like to support my life. It's it's back to the fucking Stephen King comic. Yes. That's what it's back to. Yeah. How do these that. tools support my life and not the other way around? How does you know? That's right. Yeah, I think that you know when you initially on Facebook, obviously it's well intentioned. They had a desire for you to reach out. You know, I remember right. being on Facebook and finding people I hadn't talked to in ten years and being able to send them a message and having long lost their contact information. Um, and so I think. Those types of things, the original intent is, you know, of course, very perfect. It's it's well-intentioned, but then <laughs> it just becomes so overwhelming, at least for someone like myself, um, where it's like, I don't, I just want to see the things that I want to see or do the things that I want to do. I don't necessarily want to be bombarded with right. all of the other stuff. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know anybody, frankly, who's not on Facebook, who said, you know what I, one of the decisions I've made in my life that I wish I could take back was not uh, leaving Facebook. You know, I sure wish yeah. I wouldn't have deleted my account. Yeah. So. Well, and I, um, I, I think the number one excuse that I hear since I've given up Facebook was when I talk to people, they're like, you on Facebook? No, I'm not on Facebook. I gave it up a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. I wish I could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you like, this is how the conversation, well, why don't you give it up? Well, I mean, the only reason I keep it is like for pictures of the kids. It's always yeah. pictures of the kids. <laughs> it's never whose kids they are. It's not who they're sharing those pictures with. It's just, yeah, I just have it for pictures of the yeah. kids. Like, <laughs> If There's only there other, were other ways to share media. Right. And, and, <laughs> and then you get on their wall and it's like all this, like whatever shit posts they put on on Friday nights or whatever, you know, when their work week's over. But it's like, <clears throat> don't, there are other platforms that you can share those pictures with. You don't have to do it over Facebook. Yeah, it's a great platform for it. If you don't mind giving Facebook ownership of every picture you post up there that's you know and that's that's even the other side of it that starts to get terrifying it's just the like what what you're giving them access to by using their their software so. yeah and, and facebook like prioritizes certain things in their own self-interest actually all of the platforms do but that one's kind of the most egregious like as right. a, I still have a a page for my music that I'll post on if there's something new, <laughs> and uh, but if I post something about something I whatever on that page, um, then it it it's not even guaranteed or even likely that the people who follow that page will see it because right. they want you, you have to pay to have that promoted, and even then it doesn't really that doesn't really work. So yeah, it's especially which as a consumer and as a consumer of like the content, the word that Dave hates, but <laughs> not as like a customer consumer. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't, I will skip right over something if it says promoted, like, and I'm sure there has to be some kind of, there will be some kind of tag on there that says this post is here for, 
because of money, not because of anything else. Yeah. That devalues it for me, you know? And so. Yeah. I think what you said about it, the, I mean, a, you want it to be healthy, a good thing for your life. <laughs> and right. so otherwise, and and to do that, you do have to be kind of intentional about the way you use the things. And so I, at a certain, I, I think I actually, I maintain I maintain the the clandestine account for the things that my wife says that make me laugh. I maintain, um, the <laughs> which is very funny, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, LWSD pod uh, for the show, which um, we can both contribute to, but I tend to kind of curate that. Um, and you base. do an amazing job with. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I also curate similarly um, for my day job as a video producer. I'm a video producer for a liberal arts college, and I, I, I curate that Twitter account. And Which then I'm I have sure one. you do equally as well. <laughs> Thank you. And I have um, one for my music, which uh, is probably the one I post to the least, and I'm trying to kind of rebrand. <laughs> what's so funny is you're like. I'm not on social media at all, except for <laughs> this one, yeah, and then this one, and this true. one, and this one, yeah. and this one. Yeah, well, these are all Twitter accounts. And there's even one more. I have one for the Dreaming Out Loud. <laughs> yeah. So you're on social media all the fucking time. Yeah. But the, but the point I was getting towards with that is actually um, the part of it that's unhealthy for me is the... Actually, it's a, bit, a little bit in that um, Millennials video that you shared where it's like, people are conditioned to to look for their phones for the dopamine of like the the likes and the and that being their interaction with 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 people whereas for me what i came to like it for and particularly twitter is that um you can kind of have this if if you uh, the way i like to use it is as a i guess kind of like the mini blog that it is or so it's yeah. a, it's like so with the show and it's the same actually for my other accounts where it's a kind of a chronological breakdown of like, in this case, and for long walks, short drinks, Twitter account, it's like, these are the visual components that we have mentioned on the show. So the, you can't see things on a podcast, but here's where you can see things and interact if you want to. But um, like, it doesn't bum me out that there are 19 followers, especially because one of them is now, <laughs> what is the account? I'm going to, oh, shoot. I was, wait, say what it was again. It's Twitter. at, it's, it's 330 Cabin Kid. Yes. And yeah. So. Yeah, there you are. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So I, I totally stole a picture, but I'm definitely going to try to, to get some other ones that I have, have laying around up there and uh, share as well. So that's that's excellent news to see there on on the on the tweets. Um, and thank you for following uh, the show and uh, being here today to talk about actually what the, there are two things. Um, one one other thing while we're on social media, this uh, odd social media detour that uh, we went down. Um, um, on the month of March is they're doing the for the podcasting community, I guess, or encouraging all podcasts, I guess, are encouraging people to reach out to friends and family who maybe don't know what podcasts are or don't listen to them and um, suggesting a show that you think they might like and then tweeting or then posting about it on, on your social media platform of choice with the hashtag tripod, uh, T-R-Y-P-O-D. And, 
And so uh, my buddy, uh, Kevin Conaway, who we gave a shout out on the show uh, a few weeks back, gave us a little hashtag tripod, which is very sweet. And um, and I thought, uh, Tweaking, when you were talking about your train rides to work and, and, and the podcast that you like, maybe you could, uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing some of those and we could hashtag them with the, the tripod. Yeah. Well, you know, most of them are um, some pretty big, like, mainstays, I guess, of podcasting. Um, one of them is Common Sense by a guy named Dan Carlin. Um, another one's Hardcore History, same guy. Um, and he's actually one of the first podcasts I ever started listening to. Um, and then, you know, a lot of them beyond that are a lot of video game podcasts kind of talking about content that comes out. Um, what are some of those? Let's see, pull them up real quick. Um, there's a group called Kind of Funny that does some pretty good stuff and kind of emphasizes uh, community um, around their their shows versus maybe some of the more um, aggressiveness that you can find in social media. You know, I think as I've gotten a little bit older, I find I do find that kindness is kind of a hard thing to come by. Mm. Or just general respect it doesn't mean people shouldn't say what they want to say or say what they mean, but there's always probably a way you can do that that um, is somewhat empathetic or sure. uh, open for feedback. So um, I really enjoy listening to them. Oh, let's go through another one. There's one called Walking the Floor. It's by some uh, a uh, guitarist for the Foo Fighters, Chris Shiflett. Oh, cool. Oh, I and, know him. Yeah, and yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, um, I know of his podcast. I mean, he also has he obviously beside Foo Fighters, he has an alt country band, um, and so he interviews. I guess the 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 music genre that I, is now called Americana, yeah, because country country music is no longer country music; it's pop music, um, and so anything that is what one would consider traditional country music is now called Americana. Or even anything um, with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. I was deal- having some music business dealing a couple of years like, ago okay, where I was so- talking to people I didn't know who were, you know, like radio promoters or so- it was, it was, no, it was a tour book. I don't know, which I, I was using the term rock and roll. And she's like, don't say rock and roll, say Americana. And I was like, go fuck yourself. Cause yeah. that's not going to happen. <laughs> she's like, that's know. what matters now. I was like, no, I refuse. That is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a thing. Yeah. Uh, but real quick, I'll say a couple more than we get back to it. One of them that's going to come up later is called Girl on Guy. We're going to talk about the podcast, uh, some specific episodes um, by an actress, Aisha Tyler. Oh, I yeah. think she's most known, her role in Archer. I think a lot of yeah. people know her from that. Oh, man. She's um, so sexy in that. <laughs> <laughs> like, then, boy, like uh, it's Woman's Month. Jesus, I'm a pig. <laughs> oh, I'm a pig. Oh, yeah. Palmer, ah! Palmer and I have so much to make up for. Son <laughs> of a bitch. Yeah. It was bound episodes. to happen. No, I, I think, even told myself, I was like, don't do it. Don't we'll, do it. We'll get to all that. Like, so leading I think leading up to it, I'm like, just like, okay, you're going to be respectful. You're not going to talk about tits. <laughs> you're not going to talk about how hot people are. Just don't do it. You can do this. And I already <laughs> did it. Son this. of a bitch! Well, I think we're going to get to all that. Yeah, until we kill this out. I, yeah. I think we'll get there. I don't think you have to feel as guilty as what you're feeling. All right. All right. Um, and then finally, my one of my favorite man crushes, and I have many man crushes, primarily George Clooney, which would be a whole episode to itself, but nice. I really like Star Talk Radio uh, with Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, who is a brilliant thinker and astrophysicist. So Nice. 
Very great list. You should, that's definitely something worth uh, tweeting from your account. I'll do it. Uh, that and sounds then, great. Actually, why don't you tweet that and we'll retweet you that way. Okay. Because it, it can seem a little, that's why I haven't done it already. Because as a podcast, it seems a little like we're like, hey, we're mentioning you, so please mention us. So I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> right. So this would come no, from a more I, authentic place. And that's on it. I didn't realize that was a thing, but that's certainly an honest thing where um, those are all fantastic uh, people who, you know, like a girl on guy with Aisha Tyler. There's no advertisement, I don't think so. I think she just sits down oh, and wow. she has enough friends and people that she sits down with and talks about all kinds of good stuff. And um, yeah. Yeah. Do you, awesome. Thank she does you. what we do, Dave, but like all of her people are famous. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, in our, yeah. in my mind, all of the people we speak to <laughs> loom large. Like Absolutely. <laughs> They're like, it's, listen, it's just as big. It's just at a lower level at the, of the universe, right? Well, like, for me to be named at a different uh, level, not lower or higher, I should say. To be named amongst Tommy Maplewood and Shamrock <laughs> are some of the highest honors that i've probably gotten in the last uh yeah i don't know lifetime (laughs) tommy maplewood tommy maplewood (laughs) what about you palmer it took me listening to that episode to catch on that moto was trying to like put on a new persona i didn't even get that that night that we were recording i'm (laughs) i'm so dense well he had sent me that this picture of him it's so funny because in the shamrock episode shamrock is wearing uh, a big trouble little china t-shirt and around Christmas time, I was home in Ohio, uh, and he was telling me about how he bought this T-shirt for his friend. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, initially though, when I was looking for it, it, you know, there was, you could get the actual Jack Burton like tank top." And he said, "Well, but that came with a wig, and like, when's he gonna wear that?" And I'm thinking to myself, "That's so funny, because that is exactly what I got." Moto for Christmas with the one the tank top with the wig. It's all in the reflexes. Because for me it was more just about the tank top, not so much the wig, but I that was the only right. one I could find. So it was funny when he got it. He was like, Oh, this is perfect. So when he eventually sang the theme song, um, I had all the theme song ideas and I, I wanted to have verses and I was excited to sing it, but then he sent me this demo. I was like, ooh, that's better. Like, if you sing it, it sounds kind of more in the vein, and that way it's not actually one of the two of us singing right. it. Um, but when he when he did that, so I was like, oh, please, you know, do a proper... However, he wasn't pleased with his vocal performance, but I was ready to roll with it. But when he sent me the finished uh, one that you hear at the beginning, or you hear him sing at the end of the show, he did it. He sent it with the picture that we posted during when he... Uh, uh, during his the week of his episode, uh, when he appeared on the Cyborg episode, so he just popped off with that picture, sent it to me uh, long before <laughs> his appearance. <laughs> so we cooked up uh, the name um, just because we're like, well, what's a good name for like a singer like that? <laughs> and so that's the I think it's yeah. the the porn name combo, like your middle <laughs> name in the street on which you grew up. <laughs> so mm. it would be Thomas Maplewood. But he's like, no, Tommy. Call me Tommy. <laughs> Tommy Maplewood. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, Palmer, I you know, I, I love when I can tune in. I, I like to hear the smoking stats. It's one of the things that I oh, yeah. particularly pull off oh, of the yeah. podcast. It makes me smile a lot. And uh uh we can do, you want let's do those. Let's get those yeah, out of the way. Yeah. yeah. Look listen to listen to our guests like coming into with like rolling in our bits. That's awesome. <laughs> 
I was ready. I, I was I was good with not having bits with the guests. That's what we found. We're like, if we, we tried a few shows where we called in the guests later after we did our bits, but then we ended up having them wait for like an hour and a half. Hour so and a like, half, gotta... and then and then we're like, okay, we gotta go, we gotta go, and they're on, and they're just on, like, oh, we're, we already did an hour and a half long show. Uh, like, yeah. Thank you for allowing us to do both, Mickey. Yeah. Um. So, all right, smoking stats goes like this. I have not smoked for 260 days, 10 hours, 46 minutes. Oh, let me snap this. I can get it off to Dave. Um, I have not smoked 4,427 cigarettes. Uh, that just makes me gag. It's staggering. Of, of, of that number. Um, I've saved $1,328.29, and I've gained back 17 days, 20 hours, and zero minutes onto my life. So uh, it's awesome. I'm, I'm creeping up. I'm almost, I'm 105 days away from a year, which is... I, the first hundred days were so different. I like I felt so much different the first hundred days versus this like last hundred days of the first year. Um, so yeah, which I mean, which it's funny because doing the whole thirty right now. Um, have you heard any of that stuff? I yeah. sure have. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, doing the whole thirty. It's the same thing. It's like at the beginning we were. I was. I like. I I legitimately thought I could hurt somebody. It was so <laughs> weird. And like uh now I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're you're 7 days away. We're 9 days away now. So nice. Uh I can't wait for it to be over though. I still like want my coffee and cream and uh man, I'm with Dave though. Black coffee straight up. Oh. That's that is where it's at. <laughs> no, it no. Like that's Sorry, what I have right I right here in this cup. That like watch oh, the face that I'm I'm gonna make when I take a because that's what's in this cup. So some of my shifts I start at four forty five in the morning, which means I have to get up about oh. three o'clock. And uh let me tell you something. A cup of black coffee at four forty five in the morning is just like getting punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Who wants that? It's fantastic. You don't uh. wanna you don't want the thing with the, the 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 latte, you know, and the stuff and the the sweetener. You just want it straight up coming right at you, and then you get up and get going. I'm, yeah, I'm telling you, that's where it's at. No way, no, no <laughs> way. I want a candy bar in a cup. That's what I want <laughs> every time. That's how I want my caffeine delivered to me: candy bar in a cup. I I drink uh, a, um at. At work here, there's a, a coffee that I get at just like kind of a convenience store type thing. It's not a real, maybe it's a brand of sorts, but not one you could get anywhere else. And it claims to be double caffeinated. Yeah. <laughs> it, and I don't know if that's true because I, my tolerance, I guess probably not. I, it's, probably, it's probably really high because I don't even really notice. There, I, I feel like a lot of times I can go to sleep after drinking coffee, which is terrible. Sometimes. Yeah, I do that. But, do um. That. It's uh, it's goddamn delicious. I can tell you that. It's <laughs> I don't know if it's truly double caffeine, but it tastes it tastes mm. particularly good. Uh, just black if it's especially if it's fresh. Now I have found we made coffee in our percolator over the weekend, and that was a lot better black than just out of our drip maker was that we used during the week. Mm. So 
um oh you know i don't be uh Sorry, this is like a terrible segue, but I was wondering if you, do you listen to podcasts beyond ours? I know you listen to books tons, but if you had any tripods for folks. Uh, no, I haven't listened to podcasts in, honestly, since I did mine, my old ones, I think. Um, I'm really bad about that. Just because if it's people talking, the task that I'm doing like I can't listen to my audiobooks while I'm working. Oh no. Yeah, you know me, what I me mean? either. Like, I can't hear any kind of word. I can't have m- music with words. I I completely understand. Yeah. Yeah. So like it's really hard for me to find t- like I could in the car ride that would be fine. Uh but then I'm usually listening to books. Like now would be a great time cuz I'm kind of like in between books cuz I'm tr- holding off. I don't want to start something and get into it if we're going to start the um, the book club soon. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, um, now would be a great time to really listen to podcasts. But when I did listen, I mean, I listened to Smodcast and that was before that became like a whole huge network. That's how far back I yeah. listened to that, where it would, that was, it was all, all it was, was Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier and the episodes I listened to. And I mean, I think I probably listened well into like 30 or 40 episodes and it still hadn't blown up into the empire that he like, I mean, I got to give Kevin Smith props. Like he, he really took this like free platform to, or like so cheap. It's free platform. Uh, and really build an empire out of it. Like it's, it's impressive. Like his, his whole network of podcasts that he has going on. So, um, I loved that podcast though. They, oh, like those, those, especially those early days where it's so intimate. It's just like, like I, I just love the it, it. It's like Kevin Smith ran it as an experiment. Like he's just trying to get Scott Mosier's reactions to things, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like, yeah. and uh, playing devil's advocate a lot. And um, he wasn't. I don't think he was like huge into smoking pot again yet and like he was he was talking about buying the house from ben affleck and like that's how early this was and yeah uh yeah they're separate they're they're they have moser has been overseas doing something else but they just passed their 10-year anniversary of starting that show oh Um, wow so they haven't done the anniversary show yet because they haven't been together but yeah it was in 2007 and that was the first podcast i heard and i because i I always like Kevin Smith's movies, but early on the commentaries like on Laserdisc for his films sure. were so fun. And right. um and so uh, when they first started the uh the the podcast, they talked about it as like they're like what is this thing and whatever and he, someone told them about it and and the, I think the way they contextualized it was like just think of it as a commentary for a movie except there's no movie. <laughs> Which right. some of right. their movie commentaries like became that where they didn't really talk about the movie very much. Yeah. Uh, but I used to listen to those like endlessly just for to, uh, kind of background to keep me company well, or something when I was by myself. So podcasts were a great nice expansion of that. I um I I mean one of my bits on WPLMR was a almost a direct I would I would argue an inspiration but was almost a direct lift of what they did on Smodcast where he would just find interesting stories and then they would just kind of use that story 
to kind of motivate the discussion for the episode. Yeah, yeah. And so, like my bit, I I would do unique news stories, but it was that that's in that same vein of just like this is the outrageous world that we live in, and use that to drive conversation. And another podcast that kind of got started similarly is uh, over with uh, Chris Hardwick at the Nerdist. Yes, you know he had. I don't. I'm going to tell his story. He could tell it way better than I can, but he was dealing with alcoholism and kind of burnout with the acting thing. And it, we just had enough and was like, I'm going to do my own thing. And if it works, fantastic. And I mean, it's the same thing. It's an empire. Yeah. Now. I, I think yep. he's sold it now to somebody else, but still kind of just does whatever he wants to do. And yeah. um, it's really cool to see some of those people have a, the ability to just do what they want to do. Cause that's right. when you're going to be able to enjoy it because of their authenticity. Yeah. And see, and that's like, and that's like full circle. That's to me, that's when the internet is working. It's like, it's situations like that where I'm like, that's the internet working. Like Kevin Smith and and this guy like found a niche audience that he spoke to, that they both, that they spoke to and capitalized on that. And that's okay. And then like, and then like, supports this community of fans then um that yeah it's store it's stuff like that that that's that's how the internet is that's to me is when the internet is at some of its best and when it's reaching its full potential is when stuff like that happens absolutely yeah i listened to starting then i listened to podcast tons because that uh, by there was a year i always listened to smodcast and then in like 2010, Smodcast started to become like a network. Um, I think the first, the next show after is, is still one of my favorites and it's called Tell Him Steve Dave. Um, so that'd yeah. be one of my tripods. Um, that uh, that show actually like kind of potentially saved a guy's life. Or I mean like one of the, so um, Brian Johnson and Walter Flanagan and Brian Quinn basically are the hosts of that show. And so the Tell Him Steve Dave part comes from uh, mall rats. They play a character that one of them says, actually, I don't know. A fanboy is one of the characters, I guess, but then you never hear his name. And the other one is, is Steve Dave. Cause like, so one says something surly and the other one's like, tell him Steve Dave. Uh, but so Brian Johnson, uh, it, it was like the, he and Walter Flanagan were Kevin Smith's friends from back in Jersey when they were in high school and um, Johnson is kind of the, he's essentially the template for the Randall character in, in Clerks, kind of a smart mouthed, uh, you know, wiseacre. And, um, and then Walter Flanagan is actually kind of the template for like the Brody character in Mallrats. Um, in any event, they, they're lifelong friends. And uh, Brian Johnson was like communicating with Kevin Smith saying, this is, I don't know. 2009-10, saying, like, I got one foot on the stool, meaning, like, he was thinking about suicide. And and Kevin Smith was like, you got to just, why don't you try a podcast? You know, why, why don't you just start talking about how you feel on mic? Um, you know, it's a real, it can be this very connecting, you know, communal thing. Uh, just just see what it's, you know, just try it. And so actually he begged Walter Flanagan to help, you know, kind of wrangle him into doing this. And, and Walter was like, yeah, I'm sure he'll just quit this immediately. So fine. I'll, I'll, I'll try, <laughs> but it grew into, uh, you know, a really popular podcast. Um, and then ultimately eventually just organically grew into a TV show called comic book man. That's been on AMC Which, for like yeah. six years or something. It's their uh, only yep. nonfiction, uh, 
show. Um, anyway, that that show is a great uh, a bunch of fun. Um, I'll just rattle off a couple because I want to get to uh, the topic at hand. Um, yeah, very soon. Um, so uh, uh, like a lot of people, I like the uh, WTF Pod, uh, Mark Marin's podcast, which similar to like Chris Hardwick's um, situation, you know, it was just kind of at a dead end in his life and just started talking and, and throwing it up online for, for free. And um, ultimately that led to him having the kind of career he was frustrated not to have when it began. Um, both him and Chris Hardwick, they, it's a, they're interview based shows and uh, they're both very freewheeling. Like sometimes they'll get, I guess now it's gotten to the point where the, it is a kind of people on a podcast circuit, like doing these long form freewheeling yeah. interviews where they, they do have something to promote, but both of those shows, even if that's the case, try to make a genuine connection between the people more so than they're wanting to hit the points of whatever the, you know, PR person in the room might be. And a lot of times there isn't a PR person, but those conversations are always really great. Um, yeah, just a real so- quick sidebar on please. that. Uh, Mark Hamill is making the rounds for a show that he has on Comic-Con HQ. It's a on-demand network. And he was talking with Chris Hardwick and he didn't even know like how to promote his own show because he was unfamiliar with anything <laughs> other than like, you know, it's on cable or yeah. go to this channel yeah. or uh, he couldn't even explain to someone how to watch the show that he was on that he had just been in. Yeah. Uh, not a knock against Mark Hamill, but just funny how... Right. Um, things are changing so rapidly in the entertainment industry um, yeah. that Mark Hamill's on promoting a show that's on a on demand. I think I get it on Amazon, but yeah, it's, it's you're welcome, Mark Hamill. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just funny, you know, like it was a connection. The whole conversation between Chris Hardwick and and uh, Mark Hamill was about how Chris invited him to, to his wedding or something. That's you know? right. So, I heard that. It, that's where I learned yeah. about the cut state, the cut scene from Star Wars that we oh, just right. shared last week. I heard yeah. about on that podcast. Yeah. So it's like you said, they have a way of connecting and, and, and that authenticity, you know, when you've, when you have nothing to lose and you just put it out there and then you find that that's what people want. How freeing is that? You can just keep doing that and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And it's yeah. satisfying, I think in and of itself. And then like this is for us, uh, ultimately if, if other people connect with it, that's a real icing on the cake. Cause it's this, uh, yeah, there's a real freedom to the idea that no one's listening <laughs> in a way. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, well, and I think listening. that's what makes it good is because we're just sitting here having a genuine conversation with each other. Yeah. And then when we and then the like little bit of reactions that I've at least experienced from people who are like, Oh, this really struck home with me or this really cracked me up. I have a couple friends who have started listening who have picked up and uh I'm getting text messages every now and then that like, oh, I'm listening to this right now and that's hilarious or uh, this is really good or uh, you guys should try this or whatever. And it's just, it tickles me to like hear other people engaging in our conversations, which, um, but again, I think that's what helps. It helps make really good content when we're not, I mean, we've just started in the last three episodes slipping in. Go ahead and. Uh, Tweet your thoughts at, at LWSD pod <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, we just started doing that. Uh, and it's nice to just sit down and have a conversation and not say, and not have to acknowledge an audience. I, I, I mean, I guess that's, that's one part of this is 
like because we're so small, um, we can still make really great content without having to fall over an audience, you know, yeah. like or or court or, one. That's the thing. Yeah, that, court, that's I, the, that's the way I was. Lo- that's what I was looking for. Yeah, Thank it's you. like Jesus. that's where I, the frustration I had with the I could literally chart the the uh, my decline in sort of popularity with what I was trying to do musically with both the sort of age and demographics of the the college kids that started to listen and my my trajectory of creative interest, but most of it had to do with that res- that reciprocal back and forth of online just bullshit. You know, there's some yeah. there's some honesty in there, but the motivations, that's where that's where I had to call it. I was like, my motivations here are not pure and that's making my life worse. Whereas now this thing with the the podcast, the the motivation is literally just to reconnect with my friends and to have conversations that that are hopefully in you know We've talked about some serious shit on the show, and then we've sure. also talked about the dumbest shit imaginable, <laughs> yeah. which is and uh, everything in between, which is what's great. I, I mean, that's yeah. one of the things we enjoy, right? Right, and that's what I I enjoyed about the podcast. I listen to a lot of them are like these genuine conversations. I love like groups of guys like just like breaking balls. Those are, those are fun. I think what I'll yeah. do is I'll I'll, I'll uh, rather than discuss them, I'll tweet a, a few others and then retweet it from the LWSD pod. But so that's you know all in. All in uh, favor of uh, this well, and, this month being the try new podcast month or whatever. But and I uh, and and you know what I I should embrace that and I I think a good wrap up for this little discussion is one of my buddies who started listening to um, at LWSD Pod <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, I love how you say it's a little creepy, but like kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> that's that. That's how I imagine. Like, yeah. it, you know what it is? Have you ever seen? Um, have you ever seen? Uh, private parts. The like Howard Stern yeah. story, yeah. and like when he, when he's getting yelled at, it's like his like second or third station that he's at, and he's getting yelled at, and he's like, and we want the time and temperature at the top. And bottom of every, like the top and middle of every hour. And so like the next scene is him uh, and he's like, my grandmother died last night. Like I was just, and I couldn't be there and I'm on the phone and I could hear her like taking her last breaths. By the way, it's 545 and yeah. 67 degrees. Up. And he like changes his voice to like deliver the, like the time and the temperature. And then he goes, so that's what I imagine that doing. Uh, but, um, I have one of my buddies just started like he knew we were making long walk, short drink. He knew it was coming. Uh, he was really excited for it. And then somewhere in, in, in the midst of everything uh, going on, it never, he never picked up on that. We had started to release episodes. So then he found out that like there were these episodes out at while well, we were at like episode eight or nine already, like had been released. And so that's when he's the one that texted me and was like, can I be a part of the Stephen King project? Oh, whenever, right. you, whenever you guys do it. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, man, like you, you already caught up on long walk, short drink. And, uh, this is my advice. This is the wrap up. Uh, since it's try podcast month, one of the reasons why I'm so hesitant to start one of these new podcasts, like these great recommendations is I'm a completist. And I'm like, I don't have time to listen to like some of these podcasts have like 98 episodes out. Like if you wanted to catch up on Smodcast, like 10 years 
of Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier conversations, like that would be very daunting. Um, yeah, that's, so, that's true. And so if, if, if you're like me, if that's one of your apprehensions from listening to one of these podcasts, like, please take the advice of my buddy who was just like, I honestly don't, if I hear that there's a podcast I need to listen to, I just jump in wherever it's at and I don't make it a priority to try to catch up because life's too short. Yeah. And I would suggest that too. And I'm, I'm that kind of crazy as well. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) and I think that that's just great advice. Um, listen to Smodcast. Like if, if they're that good, if they're being recommended by somebody else, like they're that good because they're probably current with them. So just jump in and start enjoying it. And I always like, here's the, my take on it is I always love finding out or knowing that there's content out there that explains an inside joke or a backstory. So like if I'm listening to a podcast that I'm 50 episodes, like I jump in on episode 50, I'm going to enjoy excuse me, I'm going to enjoy, if I like that podcast, I'm going to enjoy picking up on those inside jokes and then finding those previous episodes that those inside jokes relate to. So um, that's that just adds this extra layer of fun to jumping in in an established podcast. So, um, but please, yeah, try out some of these new podcasts. And I'm going to commit to that. I'm going to commit to, there's been a few of these that I have heard uh, other people mentioned as well that I've heard you guys talk about that I really should just start, just start listening to. I think so. too, like when you do that, if you don't lock in right away, like just skip it. Cause I, you know, the, yeah. most of them come down to liking for me, at least liking the dynamic and the personalities involved. It almost doesn't, right. it almost doesn't matter too much what they talk about. Um, but if like you, you know, somebody's voice bugs you, <laughs> you're like, you're not going to want to listen. <laughs> so you don't well, have to put yourself Well, that's the great thing through. about podcasts is it's like you're delivering to, to a specific audience, like a niche audience. So, um, yeah, try them out. Yeah. And I, I skip episodes of podcasts all the time. I mean, whatever yeah. it is that something doesn't appeal to me or I just, it's been sitting in my queue for a week and I know it's old. I mean... And move yeah. on. I mean, you can't always be all places everywhere doing all the things. Yeah. So indeed life is too short. Like it, it, nothing there's, there's no, what's the word? There's no, uh, a, there's no more sure way to recognize adulting <laughs> than truly understanding that life is too short for some things like, yep. so man, well, well the, that's deep. Way to bring it down, <laughs> Debbie Downer. <laughs> and we're going to die soon. Yeah. Podcasts are Jesus. great ways to distract yourself from the fact that we're all going to die. <laughs> no, that, that you're dying. Every breath you take is one more closer to death. So, <laughs> so uh, the other thing that is, uh, this is, this is whatever, I don't know if they're calling it podcast month, but it's for the month of March, this push of hashtag tripod. So if you do listen to the show and know someone who might like it, maybe I've also noticed too, for us, that there's not a lot of, like, we just talked about how much we don't like social media. <laughs> so yeah. I, I do include on our, um, on our Twitter, which is kind of our, the platform in which we, I mean, we're on YouTube as well for stuff, which I guess is technically uh, social media of sorts, but um, that's more for the 
even the even the things featured on YouTube are I like Moto listens to the show on YouTube. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, for instance. So, but in any event, um, so share it where you can with who you can. Um, but if like you're kind of old school like us, uh, you can email us or email the show to your friends. Um, that that counts as well. It doesn't have to be a social media thing. Um, but so the other thing that is in March, um, uh, that that is the 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 sort of topic that we kind of came to the mics knowing we wanted to discuss is to, this is National Women's Month and um, the the topic of t- uh, Twinkie's so list this conversation yeah the the list that Twinkie first shared with us when he was talking about coming on the show the first time featured uh, something to do with women and, and film and and wanting to discuss that so we uh, we fast tracked him to get him back on both because we missed him but also so that we could uh, you know honor this uh, this time. As ludicrous as it is, <laughs> that there needs to be a National Women's Month. Uh, right. You <laughs> only get one. Yeah, you only oh get God. one. Um. So yeah, let's let's dig into that. Um, I I would love like a th- two minute um break, but then uh, I think we'll just all 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 the we'll let you drive after this Twinkie. I think. Sorry, we took so long to get to this point. Oh no, this is this is fantastic. I don't. I don't. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Yeah, um, no, no, this is going to be spectacular, but I'm all yeah. for the break too. I need to get more water. Okay. Um, or else my voice is not going to hold out for another yeah. hour. So, so let's keep it, let's keep it rolling. And then, um, we'll yeah, talk, talk come some back ladies. in like two to <laughs> five good. minutes. All okay. right. <laughs> Where are you at today, Dave? Uh, I'm in my office uh, at work. Uh, oh, okay. Which uh, is kind of cool. Like over here, there's a. I would I would move the camera, but it's a it's a stationary computer. Yeah. There's a big. I don't know what the inches are on it. Monitor on this side, and then uh, over here, there's a couch, so like people can sit and then watch. And I'm kind of facing my editing console, so I edit stuff. And sometimes, I mean, mostly by myself. <laughs> 
but then people will sit on the couch and be like, oh, back it up. I don't like that part. Okay. <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. So it's Making nice. the appropriate adjustments. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty cool. s- sweet. It's, was, how far a drive is it? How far are you away from Minneapolis where you live? It's a... Uh, I think it's technically like 35 or 40 miles or something, but it, um, okay. I've got it down now to no traffic about an hour door to door. Um, it used to be usually about, I found that if I leave later, like if I leave close to eight, uh, and then I get here around nine, but if I leave at like seven, <laughs> a lot of times I'd get here at like eight thirty or close to nine anyway, yeah. because it's rush hour and stuff. So sure. Yeah. So I don't have uh, the marathon drives that uh, Palmer does, but I have enough to where I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. That's not much shorter, though, than my drive. It's an hour shorter a day, though, right? No. How long? Is it? It's three hours around I'm trip about a, I, it, It's about, yeah, combined time, I'm about three hours in the car. So and it's also, about Dave, an hour and a half. driving through beautiful Ohio like Palmer is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. The yeah. Southwestern. <laughs> Southwestern Ohio, it, like you, although gorgeous, I would rather drive seventy that stretch of seventy than I would the stretch of seventy one between oh yeah Columbus and Ritman. That stretch of seventy one between Columbus and Ritman, but the one that takes the cake is fucking thirty. Thirty oh, is man. the worst. That is the most boring goddamn highway on the planet. <laughs> I got an opinion about everything. Yeah, Jesus. you do. That's Man. fun. I, it's, God, uh, one thing I learned from uh, Smodcast, an expression that I'm sure is, comes elsewhere, is interested is interesting. Just someone yeah. who has, you know, thoughts on things and is engaged in something is far more interesting sure. than somebody who's just like, eh. <laughs> so I appreciate your opinion, sir. Um, so yeah, let's, let's dig into this, uh, this topic. Um, I keep calling it women in film. I'm not sure if that's the right way to characterize it, but what, uh, what were you thinking when, um. When you threw this out uh, out there, Twinkie. Well, yeah, I, I think I, my initial concept was just talking about it in the perspective or the framework of having a daughter. But I think even more so just as a desire in watching movies to see new and interesting things. You know, I mean, you can only watch kind of the same tropes over and over again. Not, not to say that they're not enjoyable or right. can be enjoyable, but it's just nice to have the ability to have complex characters. And it would be super nice if all the complex characters weren't dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, yeah. Yeah. if every once in a while, and by every once in a while, I mean, hopefully a lot, um, the complex characters were also women. Um, and, and so I, I kind of, to tie a little back into podcast, the, the thing that kind of pushed me to bring it up in our initial podcast which you can you can still listen to that's right um if you want to go back and listen to the archives cabin um, kids volume one <laughs> yeah yeah is um an interview which i brought about the podcast before on girl on guy which is aisha tyler's podcast with Charlize theron who is of course um imperator furiosa in mad max um and so fantastic Charlize theron said something super interesting and i um, I would encourage anyone to have a chance to actually just go listen to it. I'll give you the, I'll give you the, you only have to listen to two minutes. If you go to girlonguy.net, all one word, girlonguy.net, and you right on the front page, is your interview with Charlize Theron. And you go to the 51st minute. I'm going to 
characterize it, but you should listen to Charlize say it. But she said that that the director, uh, George Miller. Miller, George Miller, thank you. Yeah, um, was the first director, the first one in her career who had delivered on the fact that she's going to play a woman of any sort of strength. And they were joking about how they always get told, you know, well, you're going to be just like the guys, but at the end, they're always in like a torn dress and in high heels and all the dudes are fighting all the bad guys. Um, Charlize Theron says it way better than I just did. But, but to hear that from someone like herself, an Academy award winning actress who is just talented beyond, uh, I mean, just an incredible talent to hear her say that George Miller in making mad backs, which is just a, a fantastic film, but to maybe just from the overhead viewer, somewhat of a, uh, exploitation film like the first, you know, Mad Max was in Australia. I mean, was just fantastic to hear. Oh, that. I would totally classify that as an exploitation film. I, yeah, I, it, like it's just a, a, in a different vein, right? It's like I don't know, explosion and car race exploitation, like vehicle exploitation. You know? Yeah, it, I mean, it's fantastic to hear her say it. Doesn't really matter the genre. You can have interesting and complex characters in any movie. Yep. Of any kind. Yep. And it doesn't it doesn't need to be a something specific that you set out to do. It, it's already there. You just have to explore it and bring it to the surface. So that's what kind of brought my brought it to my attention that there's more opportunity for this in film, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. These characters that are um whatever they need to be, whether that's strong or weak you know, whatever it is, it can still be a woman doing it. Yeah, yeah. and not a woman in a, in a kind of uh, caricaturized way, as you say, with the high heels and stuff. Like in Mad Max Fury Road, she's got a you know, shaved head and, uh, you know, she's very, uh, very much covered up to the point where, like, her, her face is, like, half spray-painted black or something. Like, she yeah, looks I intense and it's amazing. Missing an arm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, I, this is not technically, uh, films, but a lot of interesting things are happening on, uh, television, uh, these days. And the bride and I are watching this show called Feud, which is about Betty Davis and, um, Jim Crawford. Oh, thank you. God damn. So, uh, so it says about, it's about, uh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford's rivalry. And then the, t- the time they made a, a film together, but it's interesting cause it's, you know, the a sort of spin on actual, you know, film history. Uh, and, uh, I think this was back in the fifties, but ultimately what you realize or kind of p- part of what I think the show is saying is that the, um, the stereotypes and sexism that went on then are the, they have not changed at all. <laughs> they're, they're still the same now. Um, because they were they were trying for those kinds of things back then, and uh, you know it's all about. I think everyone in Hollywood is obviously sexualized overly, and then that's a big part of our culture in general. But uh, definitely, um, women more so than men, or in a much more limiting way. Like there's that joke on the Oscars this year about uh, Andrew was it Andrew Garfield had lost all this weight to be in the Martin Scorsese oh, movie, right. <laughs> and Sammy yeah. Kimmel was like, or any actress in any film ever, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and it's not to say i don't want to i think whenever whenever this topic gets brought up people it can go down this road where people think well you're just going to give roles to women just because they're women or you're just gonna right 
you know, do all of these things and just, you're not going to get the best performance if you would have just put the best actor for the job in there and all this kind of thing. Well, it's not to say that at all. It's simply to say that there has to be an opportunity for this to at least happen before you get a chance to find out if there's not even an opportunity, then you'll never, you'll never know. Right. Like I would take that even back a step further than, than I think then it should be written. Like the writers should make sure then that they're writing complex female characters then so that it, it just keeps going back and back that, I don't know. I just feel like I, I relate to it. I think Hollywood has a history that it can overcompensate. Like it, it, people say things too like too loudly and then hollywood has this tendency to overcompensate which in my opinion is just as detrimental uh but i just feel like i have i know very strong women in my life and i know and like knowing both of you i know both of you have experienced strong women in your own personal lives and so it's like it just makes it more real when you see that happening. Like it, nothing is more frustrating to watch a movie where you have these really complex characters and, and it doesn't need to be a female character, but there's like just that one stereotyped character that will just ruin that awesome dynamic that was being built by everybody else. So, and it can be just, I mean, it's, it's off putting if it's a female character that's put into a certain you know, typecasting or, you know, a, a minority actor or actress put into a certain typecasting to fit a certain role. Whereas if it's just, this is the character and we want you to be as the, we want you to be this character as best as you can be. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to be uh pigeonholed or, or kind of reduced. Like as I think you mentioned, uh, actually, you said this in your email uh, or your text earlier today. You said, Twinkie, you said, character, complexity in all roles is desirable and believable as all of us are complex. So I think that's something that uh, is, is true regardless. But unfortunately, there are, you know, there are certain marginalized communities that are not g- given the chance to... Um, that are not given opportunity in the way that scripts are developed and, and finance and the films are financed. Cause ultimately that's, that's what unfortunately drives all of this is a, you know, it's easy to forget that all entertainment that it, that costs money and even stuff like podcasts that don't really um, to some extent, the podcasting is still rather pure freer from this the most is is be is the is the fact that they are businesses first and and Hollywood in particular it's like they're publicly tr- traded companies and nobody and their films are so expensive and so yeah. uh they they're driven by the people who are willing to put up the money for stuff and and oftentimes the those people are not willing to uh, gamble on um, you know, they're gambling with their money. So whether it's uh, the role of the of women in film or just films that are you know reboots or whatever, it's all driven by what actually brings in money. And so when something like uh, Mad Max can happen and make money and reveal to the people who would be putting up money in the future that to show uh, a woman in this role is going to bring you more profits, <laughs> arguably than. Uh, 
because it's tapping into an audience, hopefully that, or, or not, not hopefully, but it's tapping into an audience that is not being serviced, you know, otherwise. And um, so I think that's, that's hopeful. And hopefully there will be progress based on people voting with their feet, you know, with their dollars and stuff. But uh, yeah, there is a definitely like a system in place that it like keeps things as they are. <laughs> you know, there's a great line we talked about uh, Last Temptation of Christ recently, that film. And uh, it's all in plain English, the the Bible story and stuff, and based on a novel, really, that considers the story of Jesus from a different perspective, that of him being a, a man struggling with um, his own lot in life, as it were. Or <laughs> in any event, the thing I'm getting towards is Pilate, played by David Bowie in that movie, says, it doesn't matter how much you want things changed or how much you want to change things. We don't want them changed, <laughs> you know, like when he's judging right. him and washes his hands of it. Sure. So that's the kind of unfortunate sort of system that we're dealing with. Um, and as you grow, you know, we're all of a similar age uh, in our mid to late 30s now. And Palmer and I have, uh, <laughs> you know, done plenty of, um, <laughs> you know, what would you call it? Like from behind a podcast microphone, just like whistling like uh, construction workers at, at what we <laughs> You know, oh, yeah. deem uh, attractive women and men, but still, it's, there's a power dynamic there, of course. Uh, but so, I guess what I'm wondering, um, especially coming from from uh, a father of of, of daughter, <laughs> Twinkie, is um, was this something that you were thinking about prior to to having uh, your daughter, or did did that give you kind of a fresh perspective on this uh, this situation, this topic? Well, it certainly gives me a, a fresh perspective. Um, you know, because nobody wants to see their daughter get treated a certain way um, right. to be, um, you know, a piece of meat or uh, something to be taken less seriously because of how they look. Um, you know, we don't necessarily go around and judge men in that way. Um, and so why would we want to judge women in that way? Not give them the, oppor- the same opportunity we give men in order to just show what their skill sets are, show what their abilities are. Sure. Rather than just dismiss them because they don't look a certain way, whatever society deems at the time is the way that you're supposed to look. Um, but no, I just in following certain, um, I, I certainly didn't come to the conclusion on myself. You know, certainly following uh, famous actresses or actors in, in talking about these topics, um, hearing them describe their abilities or lack of ability to move around in Hollywood. Um, you know, has been really eye-opening. Like you said, it is a big business and you have to show that what you bring to the table is going to be worth their time and their money, um, which has its drawbacks, you know, which is why I think it's really good. I think one of the things I put in that little message was a company like Disney who has, you know, billions of dollars. They still have shareholders. They still have that, but they have a little more risk tolerance that they can, they can have and they can maybe lead the charge a little bit. Um, and have female characters that have weight and have are interesting. You know, you didn't, I didn't watch Rogue One and, and say, boy, I sure wish Jin was a guy. Yeah. Right. That would have made this movie <laughs> right. so much better if she was a dude. Um, so, and unfortunately we're right. still dealing with like the, the, the fact that there are, that the leads in the, the last two Star Wars films have been uh, female protagonists that's still a big topic of conversation because it is still such an, uh, a somewhat novel thing. So that's right. why it's like what joke about how it's like ridiculous that there has to be national women's month. Cause it's like, 
you know, <laughs> that's just kind of absurd. And I, I, I think Disney is an interesting one to talk about too, because at least in my opinion, I think Disney, early Disney, really helped contribute to a lot of these ideas that women are trying to overcome today. Uh, you know, and I think that, I think Disney is cognizant of that and is, and maybe in some ways trying to make up for it with, uh, and, and I'm referring to like the, the, you know, the damsel in distress, the, the, the Disney princess that whose sole purpose is to get the prince by the end of the movie, (laughs) you know, like their life need to be fulfilled. Their life needs a prince. And, uh, and I think, I feel like, you know, Frozen, like it was a big deal. Remember where like Frozen was like, it's not about her getting the prince. It's about her relationship with her sister. And I remember right, right. that was like a big, yeah, it was a big thing. And then, uh, which is crazy. Like, yeah, just, like, they're just telling the story that they want to tell. They're yeah. not asking you to like give up everything you've ever believed in. Exactly. Just telling a story. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's what the story is, is a, you know, and, uh, or, um, was it, uh, was it Moana or whatever? It was like the first, there was, it was like the first Disney movie where it wasn't, there was no prince. It, there it was zero to do with the prince. Uh, it wasn't even, I think it was Moana it was like, it was the first one where. There was no love interest. It wasn't about falling in love or yeah. anything like that. That wasn't even a subplot. Because even in Frozen, there was like uh, the subplot of the the other prince was trying to marry her or whatever. So I just think that's interesting that, um, that yeah, Disney think- is, was like the leader. I, I, I mean, like they had the impact on the little kids in, you know, early in their history and now they recognize the impact that they have and they're they're using that in a positive way they could just as easily continue driving on for the next 100 years at the same thing that they did the first 50 years of their career you know or or their history i shouldn't say career because it's an empire uh but if they, they could easily keep doing that and i'm sure that there would even still be an audience for that like I, I mean, I, I could argue that there are still a, at least a lot of the women in my life that they're still deep down. They want that prince. They want to find that like that. That mindset is really hard to overcome, like even when they're and I think Disney, it's it's commendable that Disney realizes the position that they're in and they're trying to do something about changing it like they recognize what they I at least that's how I feel. It could be more. I, I mean, again, it's a giant corporation, so I'm sure it is not that innocent, but I really feel like they have, at least they have the power to change that mindset. You know, we could sit and talk about this for four hours on this podcast and we'll impact the small group, but like Disney can make an impact, you know, by changing that, which is awesome. Yeah. Not to belittle the- this, this will make an impact as well. But I just think that they have the, it's good to see somebody with the power doing something about it. 
Oh yeah, and well, it's definitely. I, de- I I mean, I'm I I'm happy that we're talking about this, and especially the happy to 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 be doing so with the the father of a daughter. But the right. you know three, <laughs> three three white guys. <laughs> right. I'm like right. I, I realized re- I'm not recently, but I like wrote it down recently. Um, I'm literally in maybe the only wholly unoppressed, systematically unoppressed like groups in. <laughs> the the, the right. world you know like uh so it, it's hard to talk about anything with much um, yeah the name of this podcast authority. could be privilege like honestly yeah or i mean like yeah. you know there's all kind of like you know i'm i'm a white i'm a straight white able-bodied male with like with a you know um i don't have to you know i have insurance i have a i'm employed <laughs> it's like there's yep. there's literally like Nothing where, so I don't go to movies and or anything like that and feel like, well, I don't see myself represented. And uh, right. I definitely, we've talked about it on this podcast, and I'm uh, profoundly Im- impacted by, uh, what would you be, uh, not role models, but it's like, um, I've heard it called modeling, I guess. Um, so like when I was a kid, uh saw the Buddy Holly story, and, and uh, so I'm like, and so I was like, well, I want to do that. And so I picked, learned how to play guitar based on something I saw in a, in a movie. And I was like, that seems achievable because I saw it, you know? Right. And uh, even just recently and silly, like the, the Jean-Claude Van Damme, like helicopter kick. Like that's a hard thing to learn how to do. Yeah. But the reason I thought that I could is because I saw a guy do it in the movie. <laughs> and so right. I, right. and so I'm like, uh, there's like a path forward. And even onto playing music, like when I moved to Ohio, I saw a guy playing locally, moved back to Ohio, I mean, and first started writing music. I saw him play in a cafe. And I literally thought to myself, like, not the, to diminish like with the achievements of the people that I'm seeing do it. It's not like, well, if this guy, you know, but there right. is just the idea of like, well, that person is not that different from me. I can see them. This is uh, achievable. So like if having these kind of roles in films is a big step towards making those um, things hopefully seem achievable to, uh, to, to, uh, to new generations that aren't, won't be indoctrinated to, um, you know, the needing to get the prints, but rather, um, you know, whatever, uh, the, what is, what is Furiosa trying to, <laughs> she's trying to get, what is she trying to do in Mad Max? She's trying to get the, she's trying to get his, his wives. I use the term loosely yeah. away from him basically. Right. And help them and return back to, to of a her people. Land. Right. right. Like, yes. Like to her people that she was the daughter of the leader of this gr- tribe of women who protected plants. Right. Go see if you haven't seen Mad Max Fury Road. Go see Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, it's so good. Oh it's yeah, so I, good. I actually there's lots just, of exploding cards and stuff. And if, if you don't like that, that's okay. You're gonna you're gonna like as many of the other parts. It's it, so good. It it that movie is my argument on why you don't need exposition if you're a good storyteller. Like the story will take care of your exposition. If yeah, you it's if, good. Uh, but, well, one of the things I was gonna say, it's not that. I don't think that girls shouldn't allow to be princesses by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. Um, well, all I'm saying is I want them to know that they can be anything. I shouldn't have to tell my daughter, you can be anything you want to be. Right. That society should be telling her that. Right. She should be getting that from everyone. I shouldn't have to sit her down in a corner be like, okay, now I just right. want you to know, no matter what you hear out here, 
you can do anything you want to do. Right. Why, like, I shouldn't have to, I mean, I do have to do that. I will have to do that. But I'm in, in this like ideal world, I shouldn't have to do that. I should, she should feel like she can do everything she ever wants to do. Right. She should have, like Dave is saying, role models in all capacities that she can look up to. And, and that is nice about the advent. You talk about the internet at its best, the ability now with different YouTube channels. And, you know, you yeah. can choose those types of things that um, are great exposure and great learning opportunities. Sure. Absolutely. And, and, and it's not just so much that, at least my take on it is, it's not that they need to understand that they can, that society should be instilling in them that they can be anything they want to be but that they can be that thing without having to depend on a man to do it you know like yeah. but it's a fine balance because at the same time too like you also want every kid to know like you should you should ask for help if you need it and sometimes that help might come from a man you know if you're yeah, if yeah. you're a woman like and just at the same time if you're a man sometimes that help might come from a woman you know um I had uh, another friend of mine who has who has two daughters and just recently had a son. I I and I was staying with them for a while when I first moved to the Dayton area and uh I remember I was riding with him and we were going down the the road and there were these young women uh college-aged women and I just remember thinking like in my head, I'm just like, I'm shaking my head, just thinking like, oh man, like she looks good, you know? And like, I look over at him and he's shaking his head too. And I'm like, I know. Right. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I can't believe that they're out wearing those outfits like out. And, and I, when I brought that up to him, I was like, oh, that's not what I thought you were shaking in your, that's not why I was shaking my head. <laughs> and like, and <laughs> And he's like, it's amazing how when you have two daughters and you realize like someday, like my daughter is going to be, could be out walking like that. Like, I don't want, I don't want some skeevy old, old, old guy, like checking out her ass, you know, like, like, man, that's impactful. That's, I feel like a shit now. Yeah. And I mean, there is certain realities yeah. to it. You know, I, I don't, you know, I anticipate having to have those conversations certainly with Blythe and there's certain realities that exist. You know, you don't get to close your eyes and make that go away. Um, so I can appreciate that the idea that, you know, it's not, there's not going to be some sort of utopia in the next 10 years. And then my daughter can just go out and do it, whatever she wants to do. There has to be an awareness of what society, how society does view her and, you know, how, how she responds to those things is really important it is really right. the deciding factor because you can't control the influences, but you can control the responses. Sure. What's this, um, this Bechtel test. You had yes. mentioned that last time you teased it and I clicked on the link. Is it a test? I, like we and can I go looked through? it up. I have been waiting to talk about this cause it's so interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and, and I mean, I'll, I'll go to the website, but it, it just says there are three things. Basically, are there two women in the movie? Do they talk to each other? And when they do talk to each other, is it about a is it something else besides a man? Ah, yeah. so it's so, so simple. Let, it's so simple. <laughs> like <laughs> you would think it's like 
Are they talking? No, it's, are there two women in the movie? Just think about that for a minute. Yeah. Are there two yeah. women in this movie? Are they talking to each other? Okay. And is it, is, are they just having a conversation like women would do about sports or shitting. a cup of coffee they had or yeah. whatever it is? Are, I went with shitting. I don't know why I went with shitting. Well, he's talking about shitting. Because that's what we talk about a lot is shitting. Yeah. And there are movies that are released now that do not pass this. Now to this day. And and it's not just movies too, right? Like they, they I saw books. Like there was one, web, like they apply this test to books. Yeah. I mean, um, and it's not certainly not the end all of equality. Oh, no. But just to have a very simple test like this and to be like, nope, lots yeah. of movies fail this is just... It is it's astounding really how many movies fail this. Like, I mean, one of the movies that just recently passed, I'm just looking at the website, is the only reason I know it. I didn't know this was a movie. Um, Triple X Return of Xander Cage <laughs> passed the Bechtel <laughs> test. Awesome. So let me, let me just say this. If you're making a movie and it fails, you're doing worse than Triple X Return of Xander Cage <laughs> in regards to how you're Holy viewing women. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Twinkie just threw the fuck down. <laughs> don't fucking call me Twinkie! That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Uh, the triple X thing is it reminded me of something that um that has been a frustration of of mine or just seems kind of so absurd. Where if you do think about um women who have been able to create um, television shows, mostly like television shows, I would say for themselves or kind of um, an outlet for their point of view. Um, it almost, it all too often ends up being sexualized in the title. So think of like Samantha B full frontal. That's what that's called. Yeah. That show. You think yeah. about Amy Schumer's show. It's called inside right. Amy Schumer. Even, even, um, um, even Aisha Tyler's podcast is called Girl on Guy. Like it's right. like it's it's so crazy that to get to these shows that are ultimately have, you know, and that's the other thing too, where the idea of uh the feminist agenda, like when I did hear Samantha be uh interviewed on Fresh Air, which is a a radio show, but also a podcast. Definitely. It's actually, I, found, I realized because of this whole tripod, that's the most popular podcast in the, in the USA, which is pretty cool. And that is led in, I don't know how long, many years that show has been on the air, but Terry gross is an amazing, uh, yeah. Um, incredible. Interview. I, yeah. Interview. Yeah. yeah. I guess. And, and, um, what's and the name of that one again? Give them another plug. Oh, uh, fresh air, fresh air is fresh the air. podcast. And, uh, that she was talking about and she kept bringing up like this feminist perspective. And to me, um, I heard something, I, I guess maybe not. Yeah. I heard uh, on a singer songwriter, Ana DeFranco s say in one of her songs, like, why can't all me decent men and women call themselves feminists? Like, and the idea that, that, that is somehow, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm actually, I can't quite wrap my head around the idea that that, that is like some agenda or or some frame of mind that is different than yeah. people ought to be th thinking. I don't know. I don't even know how to talk about it. <laughs> but um, the the fact that you have to have like Women's Month and the fact that you have to have 
a, a feminist agenda or a feminist perspective, which the last I heard, like third wave feminism is essentially just like the sort of equality of all human beings. Um, and I know earlier iterations, like they would, you know, maybe prioritize over race or something like that, something silly, but I don't know. So, but that, that whole thing about the sexualization of just these titles, uh, is that bugs me. <laughs> like I've never even heard it discussed, but it kind of disgusts me. <laughs> um, so you can send your um, congratulatory messages for my progressive. Do you think that, do you <laughs> yeah, think those, right. like, the argument could be made? LWSD pod. LWSD pod. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, to me, a feminist is someone who just wants to see people treated the same, right? Because default, American culture is not that. No. Right. Default American culture. I mean, I can only give you my perspective growing up in a very religious household is certainly not that men and women are treated the same. And, and, and I'm not saying there aren't differences between men and women. I think people also get that confused. Men and women are very different. Right. 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 We, we think differently. We act differently. We, we do things differently. But it doesn't mean the equal opportunity is removed simply because of those differences. Right. Right. Um, and and so choice. I think that's what it is. Yeah. I, I, and I think choice is a big part of, of feminism too. Um, I, uh, who's Hermione? What's her name? Oh, sure. Um, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely love that, that whole vanity fair thing that just happened, uh, where she took photos and, you can see the underside of her boobs and uh, everybody freaked out. Like, how can you call yourself a feminist? And you're, then you're going to take pictures like this and her response, like she didn't like, she didn't sugarcoat or anything. Her response literally was what the fuck do my tits have to do with feminism? Like, oh, that's so badass. Like, yeah. It's true. What, what do they have to do with feminism? Like feminism is about choice. I it's I chose to take those photos. I was not forced to take those photos because I'm a woman in Hollywood. Like I chose to take those photos. Uh and, and I mean it was just such a ballsy badass response like <laughs> that just shut it down. Like she's just like shut it down and uh Yeah, think- you hear that about like women wearing makeup, right? You'll hear guys comment too much makeup or not yeah. enough makeup or blah 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 and it's like well, guess what? They're not wearing it for you. Right. <laughs> They're wearing makeup for them. Right. So it doesn't really matter what you right. think. Um, it's their choice to do what they want to do, you know, and to, to be able to slowly maybe step back and change some of those things, even if it's generationally, um, would just be fantastic <laughs> if we could even move just slightly away from the fact that women don't have complete control over themselves. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. And unfortunately there's, there's, we're talking about films, but there's like literally legislation and stuff in our country that tries to create Uh, those barriers and there's, you know, they're not paid the same. It's pretty fucked up. Speaking, (laughs) speaking of which legislation, this was really awesome. This was a story I heard and it's on topic. It's on like this whole feminism topic and how legislation is trying to make decisions about women's bodies that they really don't have any business trying to decide. There is a legislator in Texas 
who is trying to get a bill on the floor to make it a punishable crime against a, a an unborn child for a man to masturbate. Like, oh, I did hear this. This is fantastic. It's yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. I mean, it's it, it's the whole bill is based on the same logic and language that they're using to oppress women's rights that she is trying to write it now to also include men. And, <laughs> uh, and that's her. Oh man. Where did you is come it across like, it? What's the- it is absolutely genius. And I, <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, men are like, I, I will bash on a man before I bash on a woman. And I, I, I mean, if I was a legislator in Texas and I'm like, they are not taking away my masturbation. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, am, I am still, I am an American. That is my right as an American man. I am going to do that. You can't tell me that I can't do that to my body. Um, I think that is going to be the quickest way to turn this around. Is, is that, is that kind of subversiveness? Uh, yeah. Oh man, it was it when I read that article, I was just like blown away by that. It was awesome. I'm looking at the the, the list here too. Um and you have Ridley Scott's Alien movies and Luc Besson. Um what were you uh what were you thinking when you wrote those down, Twinkie? Yeah, so I mean I James Cameron, I think in general does a really good job, you know, with the first Terminator, of course, um has a very strong um Female role, and then an alien with um, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, Sigourney, thank you, Sigourney Weaver's role. My roles. favorite series of movies ever is the Alien yeah. series. Yeah, well, and then you can speak to this way more than I, uh, because and I think I mean, in writing those down, I was thinking about strong female characters, and but that doesn't mean that's what it has to be. Um, those are certainly the things that stand out to me because a lot of roles aren't that. Um, but it, it, as I kind of thought about it more, it was just creating complex roles to have a complete picture of of a woman in whatever the story is but certainly right. like Luke Besson most recently had the movie Lucy I don't know if you saw that with Scarlett Oh no, I haven't Hansen. seen that one but I mean he um, has historically made movies with strong female leads as well like uh, La Femme Nikita and um even even the professional I think you know the uh yeah, Natalie no, Portman Oh no she is a strong pretty, female lead in I that. mean one of the strongest I think you yeah. could really make an argument as yeah. far as her character role and the general effect that she has on the movie. Oh, and the yeah. fifth yeah. element too. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. but it, right. there's oh, a yeah. weird double-edged sword well, though the, with all and that go too. Back to James Cameron. I think that, um, Rose in Titanic is one of his strongest female characters ever. And yeah. she's, and that's like a love story, right? I, I mean, but if you think about it, she's going against all of those societal expectations in that movie. Like, in that movie. And by the end, she realizes I don't have to do what society tells me I have to do. Um, you know, though, I think it fails the Bechtel test. I don't think she, t- <laughs> Titanic yeah. though. Does it talk it, to another it woman? Might. About like she talks to Kathy Bates maybe. And then hey, let's see here. It's possible though. It would fail. Is there a sur- I'm, Cause I, mean, I think, cause unfortunately, I mean, not to, I'm not trying to like debunk your thing, but unfortunately, no, even but a I'm movie just saying like, that, like, as far as like, cause that's a more traditional female character. Yeah. And it yeah. just shows that even, even James, like even with that, James Cameron still was writing strong female leads, you know? Um, but you're right. The Terminator, Sarah Connor, 
than like the original female badass. Oh yeah, and, she's not uh, talking about any man ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then Ridley Scott who put um who put Sigourney Weaver in the the first Alien movie, which in his description of the first Alien movie, he's like these are this is like space truckers, which there's actually a movie called Space Truckers <laughs> uh, that stars um who's the guy from uh, Blue Velvet. Like, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like that's how he describes the first alien movie is like these these space truckers driving across the galaxy, you know, and uh which is a very predominantly I, I mean when you hear that description, you would be like, that's a guy, you know? And sure. he puts Sigourney Weaver right in second in command, and she ultimately gets like the first command. She's the lone survivor spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen a 40 year old movie yeah I haven't um, seen it yet. damn it <laughs> but no that's good <laughs> and she continues the whole series to be like the strong right. yeah. you know and and i like i like the qualifier that it doesn't have to be a strong woman but i think that's what that's how you get a movement started though is by going so far out of you know by putting these strong protagonists in to where ultimately now we can get buddy girl movies like Bridesmaids, I think is like a great example of like a bunch of women doing what guys do in comedy. And, and yeah, that was, I mean, they, that, oh, the Ghostbusters ahead. movie, yep. the Ghostbusters movie they came out, you know, ooh, Titanic does pass the Bechdel test. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Good. I, um, I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just says Rose and her mother have a couple conversations that don't involve men. Really? Yep. All right, yep. good. So there you See, go. There we are. Even 1997. Ooh. 97? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. 20 <laughs> years ago? Yep. Oh, yeah. I, that's like one of the few movies I've went and seen twice in a theater. Really? Oh, really? Really? Yeah. I, I don't know why. I liked that I movie, that. too. I, saw I, mean, I don't know why. I, I loved it. It was beautiful. It was great. But I don't know why specifically I was really drawn to that, but. You know, it's a. This is a something I was thinking about when you brought this up. It's not movies per se, but it, it's kind of. Um, I think in media is certainly yeah, a, in, in, you know yeah. Um, but there's the um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, recently turned twenty years old as well. Um, Jesus, what and, is happening? <laughs> I know we're getting it, fucking old. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of the stuff on the Dreaming Out Loud um, site that I I post, like the the albums and stuff, tends to be centered around anniversaries, and a lot of them are tenth. But like as a, there's some twenties in there as well too. But um, but so Yas Sweden is someone who or Joss, I don't know how to say it. Joss Sweden, Joss. I'm gonna say Josh. Joss. I say Joss. Joss. I don't know what people yeah. say. Joss. Um, you know, he was applauded for um, creating such a strong uh, female uh, character and female roles within that show. Uh, but he was he made a good point, and he has done so in other uh, television series like Dollhouse. Um, but uh, I'm trying. I'm looking at the the. There's an article in Edub. I'll have to tweet it. But I guess he he looks back on it and he reflects at a certain point that it, he was kind of congratulating himself or feeling good that he created this strong female role, but it wasn't until someone else from the production sort of helped open his eyes to, to, to it's like, okay, it's one thing to have that be the central character, but maybe also like have women writing the show, working on the show as right. crew and, uh, 
And, and he said that he, that was a big lesson he took from the process. Um, and I think that's the kind of thing too, where, you know, you want, everybody wants to see themselves represented either as they are or aspirationally. And, and yeah, you can't, I mean, here you got a show of like th- three guys talking about what it's <laughs> like to be women or whatever, but so it's, it's important and hopefully more and more the, whether the, mo- uh, the money drives it or the, you know, ultimately that's, a, that'll be what it is, but people responding to quality also like you can have great like you know um uh, you know a movie helmed by all women or whatever it could be dog shit just because it's not inspired or whatever oh yeah it could still be a garbage movie yeah right Um, right but hopefully you know through people like the progress would be be these steps i know you got girls growing up now like your daughter twinkie will have more role models to to see in media and in and in culture than hopefully yeah. than did you know you know your partner or ours but um it's a you know as we learned early on in this series it takes a long time to turn a boat around <laughs> especially for That's, me that was impressive that was very impressive uh, well, well it's just like you go back to like on a movie with all female characters and it comes out and it's terrible well, we my Wonderful partner and I watched, I think it was called Sisters with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw yeah. that. It was, it was yeah. terrible. It was. I, yeah. I, I thought it was not good. <laughs> it was good. a very and mediocre so, comedy. Yeah. 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 And so to me, it's like, you don't have to say it's great if it isn't, but what you shouldn't say is, well, this one movie with all women, or mostly women, did poorly, so right. therefore... That shows that this isn't good and we shouldn't do it again. Oh, God, yeah. When movies right. with all dudes fail all the time and are all really terrible. That are and really nobody terrible. says, well, that that lead actor was a white straight guy, so we probably shouldn't have white straight guys <laughs> right. as our lead actors anymore because um, whatever. Pick a movie. A Batman versus Superman was total garbage. So. Yeah. No but, more oh, straight white dudes. Garbage, such a steamy <laughs> pile of garbage. You know, uh, had that been a, a, a women in those roles, women can't be in comic book movies anymore. And but you know, the, you right. know how that machine kind of gets going, or, or has the potential. Well, to let's get just going. look at re. I mean, look at reboots. I really feel feel like the, a lot of the backlash that the new Ghostbusters movie, which I saw, and I didn't, I didn't dislike it. It is. I I watched it again with Ash, and on my second viewing, I was like, "Some of this really, it's just poor filmmaking. Like, it's not, it's not because right. of them that they that it was terrible. I thought all of them did a fantastic job as like <laughs> as comedians. But they're just, still speaking lines written by somebody, and they're right. in th- in camera angles set up by somebody else, and they're, right. Right. Yeah. And like poor CGI that doesn't need to be, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like they don't have any control over that. But then like, I remember like the director of that movie, like went on record who was like, I'm never doing reboots ever again. And it's like, well, how sad, like he could have really, he really, he did something with that, that, I mean, they've been trying to get that, that Ghostbusters movie off the ground for t- the last 20 years. I feel like, you know, since ever since Ghostbusters two. Yeah. And uh, and this is what it evolved to, and I thought he did okay with it. I'm I, I don't know. It just it's t- I don't know where I was going with that. Well, and the, I remember hearing bad things about that go or outrage about the idea because you know 
movies, beloved movies get remade and something about the makes fans of those movies bristle as though, and I do this myself, but it's it's like, it's not like it's taking your movie away. And a lot of, and historically that's been, you know, reboots with just the same, you know, what, uh, you know, I loved the crow so much that I (laughs) quote unquote rebooted that as a teenager, (laughs) if you could call it that, but, and there, that's going to be remade. It's been in development hell for a long time, but like, that doesn't that doesn't anger me. It doesn't dishonor the memory of the actor that right. died making it. You know, it's like they're trying to make a buck and you know create a new. That's great, but well, but that doesn't not oppressive in some way. Like the thing with the Ghostbusters is people were pissed because it was women, right? And, um, and that's where that and was, that's one of the things that I think that movie did great was I explained to Ash. I was like every time they show. Because they they pull in the social media aspect into that movie. Have have you seen that yet, Dave? Have no, you seen the there's. Ghostbusters yet? Oh, I have seen the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I didn't so, love it, but whatever. Like, yeah, no, you didn't I love it. But every time they brought in that social together, media always. aspect, they were real. It was real complaints. Like it was real. Like those were the legitimate. Like, oh, that's like right. comments yeah. Yeah. that were on the trailer for Ghostbusters. So every time they were like. Like bitches can't be Ghostbusters. Like that was a real <laughs> yeah. comment that they were right. legitimately like bringing back. And oh man, I thought they did such a great job of that. But like when they rebooted, this is where I was going with that. When they rebooted Point Break, which I mean, do you even remember that there was a Point Break no. reboot last year? No. You know, like <laughs> like that. That fucking taint. It was terrible. But like you said, there it's not like they're sitting around saying these like 24 year old white attractive males, we need to stop putting them in movies. Right. They, right. they shit it's canned. Not marketable. They, sh- right. they shit canned our fucking reboot of point break. Like it was it was their fault that it didn't wasn't successful. <laughs> Well, and the nice so, thing about uh, the Ghostbusters thing that someone pointed out to me, I can't remember who, was that um, I think maybe it was Kevin Smith I was hearing talking about because he's got a daughter. And um, and he was talking about going, he got to go to the premiere and take her. And he saw all like the little girls kind of cosplaying as Ghostbusters. And yeah. it was like, that's, that's who this, that movie is for so that, you right. know, they can see themselves, uh, reflected, you know, and that's, you know, as right. Twinkie said earlier, that's not, that's not a threat <laughs> to anyone else. Absolutely. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Which, not- speaking of which, the, it, just as a sidebar, this is a great YouTube one to share with Kevin Smith and his daughter, since we're talking about daughters and all that stuff is the interview that he gives with her where he says that Harley is the reason he started directing again. And oh, like, cool. It's this amazing interview that I'll she, have to, I'll have to she, check that out. She's either interviewing him or he's interviewing her, but it's for, uh, it's for Tusk, I think is okay. what, what it was. And he talks about how, it was just the scene that like he went to set that day and, and like he was about to direct his daughter and she took his direction and like how he was just like sitting behind the camera and it just like, it brought all the magic of directing all the stuff of directing that he used to love back watching. Like it's like he went full circle then being able to direct his daughter 
and he like starts crying and she starts crying in the interview and like and uh, he's like and yeah. i'm not like with no he's like i'm not trying to blow it out of proportion but it's literally it literally saved saved me in directing like i you're the one that brought the magic back for me and oh that's cool it's a really good it's a really good interview the the one i just realized how much we've been talking about this like always again it coming from this male perspective and i started to think not just from our male perspective but like that story you know it all kind of comes from like <laughs> saving a man or so, so there's the man involved somehow but so i'd like to move kind of beyond that as i'm thinking about some female filmmakers and stuff uh before we wrap up but i i found the part of the uh, a part of the the buffy article the, the the joss whedon thing that i thought would be a nice way to kind of the last sort of pat on the back, unless you guys have one, which I think they're fine, but I think we've met our quota of like patting men, patting each other on the back for like doing well oh. by women. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's kind of nice yeah. here what he says. Um, he says, uh, I want Buffy to be remembered as a consistently intelligent, funny, emotionally involving show that subtly changed the entire world or a small portion of pop culture. You know, enlightenment is, uh, is the slowest process this side of evolution. It's very hard to come up. Uh, it it's very hard to have come up in the '70s to be raised by a feminist, and then through the Reagan era, and then God help us, two Bush eras. Feminism, which hopefully will become an obsolete term by the time I'm dead, is a really important thing. Changing the way people think about women and the way they think about themselves is what I want to do with my life. There are other stories I want to tell, but but that's the most important thing to me. If Buffy made the slightest notch in any of pop culture in that direction. Well, that's pretty darn good. So that's uh, (laughs) the, let's all pat ourselves on the back for a beer. Like you're saying, yeah. Shout out to all the, you know, the women who are on the front lines of this man, who just have to deal with it day in and day out every day. You know, I, we get done with this conversation and honestly, I don't have to think about it or deal with it if I don't want to until as long as I want to, Yep. but other people have to get up in the morning and go to their job or talk with that one coworker or, you know, whatever it is in their life. And just every fucking day get judged based on any number of ridiculous things. Yeah. Um, And it's so true. And it's, I really like that uh, anecdote that you talked about, Dave, how he, it, it was explained to him that it didn't, it not just having like a strong female protagonist, but let's get some female writers and let's, cause I, right. I really liked, and I know you've talked about it before, Dave, that you like that show, the show Atlanta. And oh, I yeah, really like, yeah. I really like uh, Daniel Glover as a comedian. I think he is, some of his standup is just fantastic. But when he started Atlanta, like he has an all African American writing staff. And, and he said, I wanted to show that, I wanted to show that black people could write black people well also yeah and it's like all the crew and everybody right yeah like he was very intent he wanted to be very intentional about that and 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 it only makes sense that you know like we we know black people too black people know black people too you know like uh and so it really it was amazing for me to see that go go full circle like this award season because I mean, Atlanta was cleaning up like he was winning all kinds of shit. So yeah. Well, and the thing about that is that with that show, I mean, it it is completely from that perspective to the point right. where you're 
that's not a main topic of conversation. You know what I mean? Like, so a movie, if you think about a movie, like we talked about briefly last week, uh, Get Out, the whole purpose of that movie in a lot of ways is to put all viewers in in the skin of someone who is an outsider and how, right. and, and like, like Funky was saying before, you know, women wake up and they face this shit day in and day out all day. <laughs> it, 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 it affects their every, you know, right. uh, decision and, and affects things that they can and can't do. So as you watch get out that that's very much very focused on the, the sort of racial identity of that character. And you feel that even as a, as like a, as, as a white dude, you feel like what it, Sort of like as an audience member, what that you're right. aware of these things you aren't otherwise. Whereas Atlanta, it's so completely from that perspective that you get this really fresh thing because they're not having to fit stereotypes based on other people calling the shots. And you're just seeing this kind of weird, quirky behavior that you see in real life, um, but you rarely see reflected. And so it's so refreshing because it's like, it's it's something new, and 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 uh, that's uh, hopefully what we'll see more and more of um, as other marginalized communities are are, are you know uh, given the the opportunities to 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 express themselves in this way. Um, I was just thinking about, and I had hoped to do this before I you know came to work today to be able to read it, uh, but just to look at my own shelves to see about movies that do come from like a female director or, uh, and, uh, three of them come to mind. Um, one of my favorite films of all time is the movie rush it came out in 1991. And it's about, um, an under, under narco undercover narcotics officers in the, in the seventies. And it was based on a book by Kim Wozencraft, who was herself, I guess, an undercover officer, uh, a narc, and um, it is a kind of true, true story, true account of her experience yeah, in that world. And then it was, I think it's the only movie that uh, Lily Zanuck has directed. Um, and um, if you would never know if you didn't see the credits that that movie came from a female perspective, um, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's incidental, but I do think it's definitely uh, informed by that in a way that, you know, it's on, you know, obviously it's, it's going to be informed by the director, but, uh, rush it's oh that movie is great. I was just thinking about my, uh, that's one of my Palmer's picks. Maybe I'll tweet from back in 1999 when I was on the, on the show. It was, we did a home show. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Oh that, and that movie is fantastic. That's it. I hope I picked it because it's a good one. It, uh, I mean, it's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's kind of. It's a it's a bit dark. <laughs> it is really dark, but it's yeah. it's a one timer for sure. Oh no, I watch it. I've seen it a lot. I just watched it oh, recently. Yeah. Um and uh it, it holds up really well. Lily Finney Zanuck. She's uh and it has Jennifer Jason Lee as the lead female character, though she's not she is. That's an interesting thing because she is kind of the the a fish out of water, like uh, a pretty feminine recruit brought into this very dirty world of, of, of drug dealing and, and trying to, you know, uh, create cases against drug dealers and, and um, bring them to, to justice or jail or whatever. But what's interesting is she's not, she doesn't have a shaved head, <laughs> you know, she's just, she's not right. this obviously bold and strong character, but she is the one. It's not. There's a scene early on where Jason Patrick's character, like the the seasoned veteran, that brings her 
um, that to chooses her as his partner is like telling her like, you know, shit happens. People get hooked. You kick the bed covers and, and, you know, run some, te- run a temperature for a few weeks, you get up and walk. But, and they don't draw attention to this very much in the movie, but what ultimately happens is he is the one that falls prey to that. And she has to be strong for him. Uh, right. But it's not like a showy thing. It's, that's just kind of the way right. the world is, you know, to be honest. Or at least it's been yeah. my experience as a as a dude. It's like, I'm a baby. <laughs> yep. Amen. Yeah. Shit, is that so accurate? Um, yeah. Accurate. Accurate. <laughs> so that's... Well, I mean, I, oh, sorry, me, go ahead. Please. No, I was going to say, I, I didn't even know. So I've watched, um, when I watched the movie Zero Dark Thirty, mm. um, I had no idea that that was, well, I know now who Catherine Bigelow is, but I, I didn't know anything about her. I didn't know anything about her past. And so I ended up watching um, The Hurt Locker. Um, like her, her, her movie making um, was so uh, thrilling to me. I, di- I didn't know going in who directed it or anything about it. Um, and, and I guess that's kind of the point where when we talk about it not being noticed or not even knowing like that's that's the what we're talking about is having women be able to do jobs that they obviously can do if given the chance and the opportunity and the training that we would give everybody else right and do them well and exceed um you know their their compatriots uh, at some level of the of uh making these motion pictures. I mean, it's a goddamn miracle to make movies, you know? I mean, yep. I, I Alec Baldwin, uh, I heard a quote uh, from him recently where it's like, any movie that works, you know, like it, that works well, it's an accident, you know? It's like, it, it's, you know, you talk about a movie like Sisters, you know, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey are both incredible talents, maybe geniuses even like, yeah. And sometimes you can put all that together and it doesn't add up or a lot of times because the whole thing is this this fucking magic trick that's based on like commerce and, and, and chance and like weird alchemy. Uh, but yeah, so it's like, and and it's so hard to like, it's a physics, it's so physically hard and expensive to me. I mean, I make certain, uh, in in a way I make movies for a living, but I found a way to do it where I don't have to have a big infrastructure and I can just go out and, and and with a camera and, and tell these little stories to help, you know, um, help someone else, um, along, like, and I make my own stories about our friends and myself, but, but the whole structure. Yeah. So anyway, it's the, 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 Thing, it's nice that things are changing from the inside out with from the with the creative teams, but also in front of the camera, of course. Uh, the other two, I do want to mention these other two movies just as fucking recommendations, like the Dave Diggs, I guess, for the week or something. Fucking Rush, sure. a. Um, two, I'm have to watch it. By the way, I haven't seen it. Yeah, oh, it's, 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 it's excellent. Put it on the list. It's, it's yeah, yeah. Do watching. do watch it. I'll, I'll tweet the. Uh, I'll t- I'll tweet the uh, trailer maybe. It's the That's movie good. that made I I I know that Tears for Heaven yeah. or Tears from Heaven yeah. was not written Tears for heaven, this yeah. movie. Uh but it's the one that made it famous. It was yeah. like the big okay. like, title track yep. from that. That's how I came to it cuz as, as a Clapton yeah. fan I, I I saw it. And actually, you know what? That's incidental. I became a fan of Jennifer Jason Leigh at a point when I was in my early teens and uh talk about a a, a woman who does what she wants in a strong she's not I mean she She's, I mean, fucking watch any Jennifer Jason Lee movie, Jesus Christ. Um, but uh, so that's one. Another one um, is Boys Don't Cry. We mentioned that on this show before. Um, yep. But that that and that film, 
uh, is about, so, you know, a, a woman realizing that, that she wants to be a man. Um, when was that? Uh, not the, the, the story. I mean, at a Here time when that was, you know, still not very, that was accepted. a 99er 99. Yeah. I can't remember when the, when it takes place. Cause it's based, that's ba- also based on a true story. Um, the female born Tina Brandon adopts his male identity of Brandon Tina and attempts to find himself and love in Nebraska is the IMDb synopsis. And uh, so that's directed, written and directed by Kimberly Pierce, who, um, so I saw that movie. It's a tremendously affecting movie. Um, again, you would never know per se that it was directed by a female. It doesn't have, <laughs> you know, even though it's about sort of, you know, nowadays, even though it's about kind of a struggle of a, of a trans person, that's not, it doesn't feel like an after school special, <laughs> you know, it's just, it feels right, like a human yeah. story. Uh, about someone and it happens to be directed written directed by this woman and who um i i was so taken with that m- movie even though it's tough to watch i probably listened to the commentary track more so than i've actually watched the movie uh, but i do remember her saying that it was intentional for her that it be a movie about f- uh female pleasure like the the sex scenes in that movie uh are are come from that perspective where so much of, 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 uh, of movies comes from that male gaze as it were. Right. And, um, I'm more guilty of that than most. I mean, I'm a pig and I watch mo- cool movies as a kid just to see, you know, <laughs> sexually. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's what we're really talking about here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like bashing you for being a teenage boy. How dare you? <laughs> I do know that was an intentional part of that movie. Uh, as I so I'm, I'm sure there that was true with Rush too. Now I think about the commentary and stuff, but it is kind of incidental to the human relationships represented. Okay, so I and then the, the last and incidentally too, uh, one of the only other movies that uh, Kimberly Pierce directed is the remake of Carrie, which is a cool movie, right? To come from a oh yeah female perspective. Um, not that you would know. I mean, it's not that different from the um, for, uh, who did it back in the day. I want to say Cronenberg, but that's wrong. De Palma, no. Brian De Palma made the original yeah. carry. Um, but, uh, and then the, the, the third one, I don't know as well. I only saw it once and I've actually been, I, I saw those other movies at a time when I was younger and I think able to handle this kind of stuff more. Uh, but Monster, um, starring oh, Charlize yeah. Theron. Uh, who, that one I, is powerful. Um, I don't want to make sure I get the director's name right. Patty Jenkins. Um. Oh, she directed the new Wonder Woman coming out. That's a Ooh. good choice. That is that that that. Uh, yeah, monster! Holy shit! I mean, I, God, have you guys seen that? Yes. <laughs> no, it was talked about at length on the podcast interview. Um, I just put it down also as something to watch, but um, it just sounds super intense. It is super. Which intense. I have to be in the right mindset, yeah. or yeah. otherwise I. Yeah, I've got to yeah. be ready. <laughs> All of the three movies I've mentioned are, are super intense. Yeah. I think Monster is the most. Uh, yeah, I think Monster is the most because literally the the, the short synopsis is based on the life of um, oh, Eileen or Oranos. Oranos. Oh, I'm butchering that. A Daytona Beach prostitute who became a serial killer. Um, she just kind of snaps. She's like had enough literal abuse by yeah. men that she starts to kill them. <laughs> um, 
it's weird how all these three stories stories are all based on true ones. But but the, but the stepping out into the you know, it, it's nice to see that these kind of smaller tales are are you know that these craftspeople women are stepping up through the ranks of Hollywood to be put in yeah. charge of more um, widely seen mainstream movies like fucking Wonder Woman. <laughs> you know, that's a good but sign th- for our culture. I think yeah. though that there has been precedence that's been established in Hollywood. And, and, and when you, when you hear what I'm about to say, like then you realize how long it's taking for that to trickle down. And that's where it starts to be depressing. But like, Women like Penny Marshall. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Women like like Carrie Fisher. Fuck yeah. Right. I I mean, because Carrie Fisher, uh, yes, of course, visually we're going to see her as Princess Leia, but she polished like over a hundred, like one hundred block. It's some crazy number of scripts that became hits in Hollywood. She polished those scripts like before they went to production, like. It was like scripts as bad, like they were in such a quagmire, like they needed rescued to, hey, just give this a once over. But she was an established like ghostwriter, essentially, in wow. Hollywood. Wow, like, that's impressive. I didn't know that. To save all of these scripts and like they would le- go on to become like huge blockbusters. And plenty Penny Marshall, who, you know, transitioned from television actress to groundbreaking director you know like yeah a league of their own which and and again that's the other part that's like a shame of it is like the thing that these female directors get usually get recognized for is telling the story of a or multiple strong women oh you're right even the ones i mentioned yeah 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 um whereas you know why why can't well and i guess that it, it did ultimately trickle to that because uh, she won for the Hurt Locker. Uh, who was that director? Catherine Bigelow. Uh, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, yeah married Catherine to Bigelow, James Cameron, like incidentally. Like, so. like <laughs> best director? Didn't she get best director, or did that just get so. best picture? Uh, one of the two. No, I. But think then she you look at get the Oscar for uh, Kathleen Kennedy is another great example. Oh my god, like, that's she's like, the like, biggest producer of all time. Of yeah. all time, impressive and, and like. The CEO of Lucasfilm, right? Like, isn't that the same yeah. Kathleen Kennedy? Yep. <laughs> like, she, yeah. so, like, I mean, look at the the power. Uh, like those those women right there. I feel like were established. Like they were icons. They are icons in Hollywood. That have le- like paved the way now for these other women. Uh, I mean, you just think of when you look at, I mean, let me bring Penny Marshall up. Let's look at some of the photos. Yeah, I got, I got it right here. She did Big was her first yep, uh, big success. I mean, a, a huge success. Uh, of course, A League of Their Own, which is fantastic. Um, Awakenings. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. She went, oh my gosh, she went Jumping Jack Flash. The Bride loves Jumping Jack Flash. <laughs> oh, I love Jumping Jack Flash. That's such a great movie. Yeah. Um, Bro, Moto loves Jumpin' Jack Flash? No, the the bride does. Oh, okay. All right, uh, and I yeah, saw it okay. eventually because of her. Though I really like Whoopi Goldberg. And I think Bobcat Goldthwait is in that movie too. And I dig it. He him. is, yeah. Um, 
But, and I she think goes, Bobcat Goldthwait was in every 80s comedy. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> and he was the same character in all yeah, of them. Yeah. <laughs> that character being Bobcat Goldthwait. Right, right. <laughs> uh, so she goes uh, 80, 86, Jumpin' Jack Flash, 88, Big, 1990, Awakenings, which is that movie. I've actually never seen Awakenings, but I sort of know good. of it with Robin Williams and, and uh, Robert De Niro. After that, she makes A League of Their Own. Um, then she made some, I mean, movies I've heard of, but are not going to turn heads, <laughs> but, but those are fucking huge movies. And uh, obviously I wait, I, I, I don't know. Is there a female lead in awakenings like, and, and big, you know, <laughs> now I feel like we're well, slipping into mean, that territory. Like women can direct movies that are not about women. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> like, let's use awakenings as an example. There, yeah. no, there is not a strong female lead in awakenings. I think there's a love interest, like a Robin Williams love interest, but, uh, I yeah. if you think of at the time, well, let's just like, like take big into consideration between big and awakenings. That's her directing. Tom Hanks, Robin Williams, and Robert De Niro. Right. And in uh, heyday. In, in the high, like, yeah, in yeah. their heydays. Right. So, like, when they were it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, boom, right there. And yeah, it, 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 and then it just, that's where you start to look at it. Like, so that's all the way back to 1990. And then you look at like, nine it took nine years like she's directing in 1990 she's directing awakenings and then nine years later boys don't cry gets put out and that movie was very controversial because of those sex scenes that you're talking about and because of those like and again you know it's i don't know it's just it's sad to me that in nine years there wasn't a lot of progress you know yeah, that it's taking and that the, long and those, for it to like trickle down. Yeah, and those like you know, while uh, the directors that I mentioned have got the opportunities to make other movies, not really that many. And uh, I, I followed um, as well. Um, I was like, I have a same as I have a JCVD binder. <laughs> I have a few folders from back in that time when I was following actors' careers. Uh, that I didn't make into binders, but I still have someplace. And one of them is a Michelle Pfeiffer uh, folder, which of course Michelle Pfeiffer is as uh, beautiful and all of those things. But as she got to a place where she had more and more power in Hollywood, she started to make the kinds of movies that she wanted to see and the kinds of roles that she would want to play. And unfortunately, they were less and less sort of financially successful. And I remember like reading interviews with her. She was like, people don't want to make the kind of movies I want to make. Um, so unfortunately, there's a... That's the, that's the kind of barrier. And then, then the, the successes we bring up in this regard are, are the exceptions. But hopefully those are, as, you know, as, as Joss Whedon is saying, hopefully feminism is like an outdated word. Hopefully these exceptions will become the rule. It seems as though there has been more progress um, than perhaps there has been. Uh, but it's, it's encouraging to see some of, some of these trends, I suppose. And Twinkie, I mean... Um, how do you how do you imagine like so so your your daughter is the is the four month old right? I uh, know she's three. Oh, she's three. She's the older. So are you yep. starting to encounter uh, some well, of these I'll conversations? You, you think that you'll have more of? Uh, obviously, you will have well, more of going forward. Yeah, we'll certainly have more in depth. But I'll give you an example of something. So she has um, loved Thomas the show Thomas and Friends. Um, 
I mean, just can't get enough of it. And she's at the age of where we're trying to do some potty training. And so one of the recommendations is find fun underwear for your child, right? So they are excited about wearing underwear. <laughs> right. You cannot find girls, Thomas and Friends underwear. Ah. Ooh. They don't make it. Yeah. That's it's not licensed. Yeah. Um, and so she's wearing boys, Thomas and Friends underwear. <laughs> um, and, and it's little, is that a big deal? No, it's not a big deal. But, but it just says to me, well, you're marketing to such a very specific group, which apparently is really young boys. Why don't you think that girls would like that show? Right. Like what, what about that show says this show is for boys, but not for girls. Right. It's teaching her colors and numbers. It's teaching her language skills. It's teaching her any number of things that I would assume girls would also want to learn the same as boys. Um, and so it's interesting things. It's interesting to encounter things like that. Um, um, we went to a, uh, her three-year-old doctor's appointment, and it, one of the questions it asks you is, does your child know if they're a boy or a girl? Hmm. And they're asking from a developmental standpoint, from the perspective of self-awareness. Right. Yeah. But we asked her, and she said that she was a boy. Now, I don't really think she's a, she thinks she's a boy. She just doesn't know because we don't talk about it to her. Right. right. Um, I don't say things like, well, you're a girl, so X. Yeah. Right. Or you're not a boy, so X. Right. Um, I guess that's not how conversations are framed around um, around when I'm talking to her. So, um, you know, it's, it's little things. I've definitely had to catch myself a few times. Um, maybe treating her differently that, uh, or she's learning to ride a bike. It's these strider bikes. It's a bike that doesn't have pedals and they choose their feet and they can learn to balance. Yep, I know those. that way. I've seen, I've seen those. And yeah. she is fearless on this thing, like charges headlong down what are fairly, you know, uh, low grade hills, but when you you're in Colorado, years old those on a are bike mountains. with no brakes, yeah, you're yeah. flying down this hill. And my, my initial instinct is to, to run up and be like, you know, be careful. Don't do that. Um, but then I'm like, well, am I, what's the reason why I'm doing that? Hmm. Um, am I being protective because she's my child or would it be different if it was a boy, like I'd be like, oh, he's fine. He'll fall down and get back up. I mean, obviously she has a helmet on and all this stuff. So, you know, I, I definitely catch myself having those internal conversations about gender and sex as it relates to communicating with her regarding her interests or lack of interests. Um, we have, uh, we have Disney, but we have, uh, what did we watch the other day? I got from Cinderella. We got from the library. Um, and watched Cinderella. <clears throat> Didn't really have any interest. Liked Frozen. Thought it was good. Uh, it's somewhat of an attention span thing at this point. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I guess for me, it's, it's not, it's just that I don't necessarily want to steer her in any direction as much as I just want to expose her to all kinds of things so that she has a broad uh, smorgasbord, as it were, <laughs> of things to choose from. And, and is aware of what right. is available to her and not just close the door on things because, well, like, well, society says this is for boys. You can like whatever you want, 
that uh, i mean that's yeah. really what like <laughs> right i read into that same thing when uh i have a lot of uh nieces you know and a lot of friends that have daughters or and who were having daughters and i remember and this has started to change but i remember i had to get i wanted i found teenage mutant ninja turtle pajamas you know that i wanted to get for my niece and but they did not exist i had to get them <laughs> from the boys section you know because like my niece is going to like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's just like, or it was the same thing with Batman. Like, why yeah. why do they have to like Catwoman or why can't they like the male right. comic book characters too, you know? And sure. it, what frustrates, well, part of it is there should be Thomas and Friends girls underwear just because girls bodies are made different than boys bodies right like that it's not like oh those are boys underwear she shouldn't be wearing them she should be wearing physically physiologically appropriate right. clothes too you know like they're yeah. like t-shirts should be cut different for girls than they are for boys you know um but at the same time I don't want a pink batman logo on a pink t-shirt for a girl I want a girl sure. cut batman t-shirt you know like uh which it just it just again i'm seeing more of that happening now when i'm going to get those kinds of presents when i need to um yeah and it's gotten better you know i i yeah i, I wanted to make sure we we talk a lot about the positive too going forward you know there sure. is a lot of brightness to this there is light out there ahead um, i mean baby boomers can't live forever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like even the movies I'm excited to see this coming year. So um I'm excited to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which has a multitude of yep. very interesting and complex female characters. Um so uh the movie Arrival, which I think you Palmer saw. Yeah. And I, oh, I've yeah, seen yeah. recently too. You see it now? Yeah. 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 So it has a very strong central character and the, the director, Denis Villanueva, does just gonna direct the new Blade Runner movie coming up. That's Ooh, being released this year. Man, so, awesome. And he has a lot of strong central characters. He directed Sicario and um, oh, one other kind of fairly successful movie in the recent past um, that has you know, some strong characters. And um, So it's certainly, obviously Star Wars coming out this year, but there's certainly movies coming out that are big and mainstream that you know, I can go see with my coworkers or whomever and know that I'm not going to just get, you know, the male gaze the entire time or right. um, the perspective, you know, one perspective in a narrow little chasm, I'm going to get a variety of perspectives and interesting things. And um, so I am excited and looking forward to what the future holds, both for women writers and directors and actresses. And um, it'd be great for my daughter to see those things. Um, and, and if she ends up liking them, fantastic. And if she likes Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk, Great. You know, that's fine too. Um, but yeah, uh, whatever, whatever it is, you know, I want to, I think the important thing for me is that she has a chance to choose. Yeah. There Very you go. Nice. Very nice. Feminism's about choice. See? About choice. Full fucking circle. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, it's so hard to fight the urge to bring up that. Pic- I need to see the picture of Emma Watson, though. <laughs> oh, or, well, yeah, that's just to bring yeah. back the reality of uh, who we're dealing with, which is which is the three of us, us guys talking about ladies. Yeah, so- there was a great skit <laughs> while you're looking at that picture. There's a great skit on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I was where thinking they of that. To- Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. I'll, t- I'll tweet so, this. Yeah, it's just about. Um, there was a day. It was a Wednesday, I believe, where women were supposed to. Uh, See, I'm already framing it ridiculous, but women could choose to not go to work to show their impact on the workforce. And so they did a skit where the male writers wrote the skit that the women would have written had they been at work. And they end up writing um, a skit they like to show their appreciation. And in the skit, the women just sit there while the men all talk. Um, yeah. And then they, in- really they, invite out the, they invite out the guest who is, um, was it... Uh, the Australian singer. Oh man, I am so terrible. Oh, uh, Lord, Lord, yeah, Lord. Thank Lord. you. And as soon as Lord starts to sing, they like push her out of the way and start singing her song. Um, <laughs> intent, it was know, a good sketch. Yeah, the, the, part of it just being what we're doing kind of now is like of a three male dudes sitting around talking about women's rights. You know, like well, we're doing the best we can. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> we have room for improvement. I'm sure. Hey, um, I, I, but. I to harken back to a conversation that I had with the bride this past summer when we were visiting uh Dave and her and Ash was there and Dave was working so it was just Ash the bride and I at lunch and something came up along these lines of of how we don't uh cuz the bride is a very is, is a very big feminist my Ash is a very big feminist and about how, like, I, you know, I, I forget what the general context was, but I basically said, like, listen, you two are lucky because you found two of the only feminists to probably come out of Ritman. Like, so, so just count yourself lucky, like, that this is, at least we're at that level. Like, we could be way worse. Like, I know yeah. it's not, like, 100% perfect, but, like, it could be way worse. So. I definitely drag my knuckles around sometimes. I'm, uh, you know, I, yeah, that is certainly, um, it's a, it's a process, right? I think life is a learning process. I wish I would have learned that 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, that, you know, learning and growing and all that stuff comes with some pain. Right. Um, and some failure and some heartache and headaches, but uh, it, it is a process and it's, it's what for me, it's, a, admitting I don't have all the answers and I don't know, and B, admitting that I have been wrong. I'm probably wrong in some of the things I probably said in the last two hours, and I'm going to be wrong again, yep. but it's the intent to get better, to improve, to, to learn more about myself and the people around me. And I think that process is on both sides too, because I find myself a lot of times, I mean, like it's a process that we as men like women need to be patient with us as we, as we get better and as society gets better. But same thing too, like women are trying to overcome some of these things just as much as we are. Um, where I find, I find myself like I've had to bring up like Ash and I have had to have conversations a couple of times where like she is a straight feminist and like, it's very like, you know, don't, don't, like there should just be equality, but she has some very sexist ideas of, 
uh, gender role on gender roles, you know, like I am the man. So I like, so her role as the woman is to tell me when something is broken and my role <laughs> as a man is to fix it. Yeah. Right? And like, there's been a couple of times where I've had to been like, are you like you, like I did all of this. All you needed to do was like, just put like, take the screwdriver and put the shower cap back on the, over the drain. I cleaned out the drain. I just ran out of time for that one last step. Like, all you need to do is that. Well, I just figured you would do it because you know you're the man. You're a tough. You're you, <laughs> yeah. I, I, my, my lady hands don't know how to handle a screwdriver. You're a so man's it's like, man. It's just like finding the patient, like understanding, like it, it is a process on both sides. Like uh-huh. they and they a, are a fluid one, obviously. You know, the, like yeah. these things are are it's different person to person. You know, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. the thing is not obviously for women to be more like men or, or vice versa, but to, um, in all things to kind of appreciate, appreciate other people's perspectives. And hopefully those would be uh, the, the main thing that for me in the kind of realizing the fact that my experience is not the only experience or that I do have all these, I have all the privileges <laughs> is, um, is a big part of it is like you can get frustrated as because everything when you realize like uh, I don't know like just what what am I trying to say? Uh, it's not to invalidate people's experiences. That's the main thing I, I find with all of this, where you're trying to figure out how to do, do stuff better, or, or like or why can't it just be? Or like I want it to be better. You know, I want you don't want to as the person of privilege, you don't want to deal with the hassle of hearing about the issue sometimes. And it's like, you have to remember that, or if somebody says something is um, offensive, it's like you, you have to, or hurt, I, that's what I always try to think of it as, hurtful. You know, the fact that people, certain people are kept from things systematically, or or even fuck, if you say something wrong and it's hurtful to them, you have to be like, you have to accept that. You have to, you can't be like, well, right. come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I mean, you could say that to someone on a completely equal playing field, Um I guess, but you yeah. shouldn't. <laughs> or the old, well, I was just joking move. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's a fantastic one. I think we're moving toward, we're moving towards bigger issues that might not be even helpful or entertaining. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, I liked, man. I really liked um, what you were saying earlier, Twinkie, about uh, the choice. Because I think that as people, as men talking about women's issues, um, you do have to choose to engage. Like you can decide not to, I guess. Um, so I think that is, a, you know, something that, that, we, that uh, as you know, we're, yeah, we're patting ourselves on the back and stuff, but it is something they have to be mindful of is to, to make the choice to, to speak up when you do see things that are, um, you know, unjust and, uh, that's about, and, and then to, um, to listen to, to women rather than, you know, especially as me as someone who likes to talk, it's hard for me to listen to anybody. <laughs> but, but, so, um, yeah, no, I'm just trying to turn it around. It's not getting better. I think we just we'll, we'll bring the music up after Twinkie's like choice That's, is important. Uh, so be sure to reach out to us at LWSD Pod at Twitter. And uh, yeah, um, but to pick up what was Twinkie was saying about the choice and everything. Um, you know, people choosing to listen to this podcast, whether it's tripod or whatever. Um, we appreciate you uh, listening to us talk through this. Uh, obviously, as we've mentioned many times, we are three men talking about women. So if if somehow you are a woman listening to this, 
um, and would like to be heard, um, we're pretty open to um, having having guests and allowing uh, people to have their say. I mean, we sort actually, of, <laughs> because we I have always a, interject, but in a theory. A new Twitter follower uh, that, hang on. Really? Uh, uh, yeah, we have a Twitter follower, a couple, Ro- Rosalind Perkins, which this is her tagline, so she's probably a bot. But Rosalind, we want to know what your thoughts are on f- feminism. Uh, yeah, us, because her so her description is if you want to try this live web chat with me oh. here so, <laughs> I'm pretty confident she's a bot but Rosalind please I want to know your take on feminism in Hollywood that's uh, right. your reaction because we're just three men here that's so. true you know and you can uh, uh, you can email us too if you don't want to necessarily be on the show obviously you can just uh, at, LW, at lwsdpod at gmail.com you know, I'm sure, as Twiki said, I'm sure we got a lot, um, you know, overlooked things. So please do educate us. We are Fill open us to in, it. man. <laughs> Information is great. Yeah. Sharing and having constructive, um, even occasionally intense conversations uh, with the best interest of the other person at heart, I think, is um, a really good step in the right direction. Yeah. Well said. Well said. I think we I think we solved it. I think it's fixed. Great. All <laughs> right. Well, I'm going to let my yes. daughter know. Thank God. Thank I want to know everything's good. Talk about that again.